0: Hi, quick message here at the top. At the time of recording, the creator of Celeste has a Twitter bio that lists their name as Matt and Maddie, with they and them as pronouns. We honor that in this episode, but they are in a period of transition, so details might change, and we intend no disrespect in how we currently name or gender this creator. Thank you for understanding.
1: This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs, like every episode of Watch Out for Fireballs, is brought to you by our patrons. If you go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv, you too can get bonus episodes, premium episodes of this show, whole series, and support your boys. This episode specifically is brought to you by Niesa. Uh, If I am mispronouncing that, apologies, and apologies to everyone else for hearing me apologize for mispronouncing it in just a few moments in the episode. (laughs)
0: My name is Cole Ross.
1: And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast.
0: And this week we are talking about Celeste, which is a platformer developed and, pu- and published by Matt Makes Games for current systems in 2018.
1: Indeed. And um, this episode was executive produced by Niesa or Nisa, mm-hmm. Nisa. I, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. I've only read it. Yes. So uh, no, no disrespect intended. No. With that. Yeah. Um. Thank you.
0: But yeah, this is a big, popular indie game from the past couple of years, uh, and it's it's Upper Alley.
1: Yeah, this is one of the most uh, critically acclaimed mm-hmm. games I think we've done for the show. Yeah. In terms of like tens and stuff.
0: Yeah. I, and, like, it, I'm not being sarcastic, but I call this uh, an, an indie darling.
1: Yes. Uh, big, big darling, big indie. Um, and it's something, it's interesting, like, coming, I, I came into this, and I don't think I've spent... So this this is not uh you know no 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 slaughter grounds mm-hmm. no uh, no trashing uh, <laughs> eminent this game doesn't quite work for me mm-hmm. and I've spent more time trying to figure out why than any other game that has not worked for me yeah and it's a it's like it was this weird Voltron of stuff that is like particular to me like the the closest thing this feels like to me is um, Rocket League which is a game that I think is really, really well-designed and good, Mm -hmm. but is just so not my type of game. It'd be like if Rocket League was about a kind of depression I didn't have. (laughs) You know, so it's like it's not my type of game, and I don't relate to it emotionally. Like, Mm -hmm. the thing I keep coming back to it is it's like it's not for me, but it's also not about me.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. As,
1: as like, a a feeling for it, like, I appreciate it. I admire Mm -hmm. Celeste. And I'm glad to have the impetus to finally push through, even though I did tap assist mode. For the final gauntlet of challenges in the main game, a little bit. Yeah. Um. But I'm, you know, I'm glad to have it under my belt. Uh, it, you know, I'm cooler on it than some people, but it, I think that lives more in me than it.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: This is uh, the, the, the something that's weird about this game is that it is very pronounced, kind of on both axes, both on you know the style of play that it is. This is a very mechanically heavy game. Um, at least in terms of being intricate and asking a lot of you, uh, you know, as a, as a platformer, like, it's not quite, I want to be the guy level because it's not really trolling you, but like there's meat boy DNA in here. There is V, 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 you know, there's some, you know, yeah. kind of like challenge fuck Terry Cavanaugh stuff going on here. Um, you know, so that is very, you know, <laughs> very pronounced. And then there's this story that, you know. Takes the climb of the mountain and makes it into a metaphor for coping with, coping with vaguely defined mental it's, it's illness. Something. Yeah, you know, yeah, anx- anxiety whatever, and whatever depression. You,
1: whatever you bring to it,
0: yes, you know,
1: yeah. Like, yeah, like anxiety and depression, panic, things like that. Um, it makes a really interesting companion or comparison piece to Hellblade.
0: Yes, uh, yeah,
1: for me, uh, which was not as mechanically intricate at all, but uh, this this to me like the way that this made me think about like how games are received and ways that games can work was really interesting because Mm -hmm. like the point in comparison with hellblade is that hellblade is more of a specific, uh, mental, um, condition that it's dealing with, you know? And because of that specificity, I felt like I also didn't relate to the specific, you know, elements of, of the main characters struggle in that game, Mm -hmm. but it felt like it was putting me in those shoes a little bit more. Yeah, and this felt like the other way. Where this felt to me, and not everybody has this experience. Like, no, I just want to say up front, like me saying ways that this failed connect to me is not me trying to take anything away from people who found a lot of personal meaning.
0: Yeah, if you uh, got catharsis through this, we can't take that away from you because this didn't didn't match exactly because this didn't match our own experiences with the subject matter that it is going after.
1: Yeah, I just, I just, I wanted that catharsis because the game was partially sold to me in the loosest sense like on that catharsis like Mm -hmm. this is this masterwork game for that kind of thing and for me though this was too it had the opposite problem of hellblade where uh just emotionally where it's like too vague Mm -hmm. in its story for me to connect with the the specificity the other thing it made me think of in comparison comparing it to meat boy which is a really you know obvious point of comparison is how much context matters because I, i don't think that the challenges in this are inherently more fair or fun or kind. Mm-hmm. I think this is a thing, an illustration of how like, Oh, the game is encouraging you versus the game is neutral towards you. Yeah. Um, or mocking you and how that changes the feel of this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and how that is something where like, that's very subjective, yeah, you know? So, you know, and talking to people like in the Slack or reading a lot of reviews and reading, cause you know, whenever I feel alienated, I spend a lot of time reading what other people think. Mm-hmm. Um, reading what people felt about this, it made a really big difference to people that the game was encouraging you. Yes. And it was just interesting to me. I was like, well, that's, that's pure context. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's not a mechanical function. I don't feel like these challenges are inherently more encouraging. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just replaced Madeline with meat boy, <laughs> you know, and had and the, phys- you know, the physics and everything be the same and then just had it be neutral. The yeah. way that the meat boy kind of expresses itself, it would feel totally different. You know, but it would be exactly the same. Yeah. Like, as far as as far as the mechanics. Like, you'd be going through the same levels.
0: There's something to be said about this being the approachable massacre, uh platformer. If, you know, for people mm-hmm. who are curious about this kind of thing, but do not want to be pushed away. I think there's probably a line to be drawn between this and Jamestown, where Jamestown is specifically designed to be an entry into this really forbidding kind of genre. Right.
1: Well, I, I feel like Jamestown did more mechanically to do that.
0: Oh, Oh, one hundred percent does. Yeah,
1: like I think I think this does that narratively and not mechanically. Mm-hmm. Like the the end stretch of this game, I found as like the word I want to use is hateful, but it's not a hateful game. It's it's very positive, <laughs> it's in, very in supportive, of its me- yeah. Yeah. very supportive in its messaging. But the actual things I was doing were hateful as hell. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like this this is an insidiously designed room like this is, this is made to make me pull my fucking hair out while yeah. somebody tells me not to pull my hair out yeah you know it's, it's just it's it's really interesting like yeah what an it's, interesting fucking game like, it's
0: definitely aimed at two different audiences you know
1: yeah you yeah. know and and looking at uh stuff about it there are people who go both ways there are people who don't care for core platformers mm-hmm who uh, love this because of the story, like that the story touched me and made me want to push through. Mm-hmm. And then there are people who are like, why are we spending all this time on this depression shit? Just like, give me back to the tough, tough platforms that give me a dopamine squirt when I get to the end of them. Yeah. You know, like it, it's just, it's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and for the, you know, that's another thing I, I can say for it as much as like this didn't land super well for me. It is something that like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if there's anything that generates exactly this kind of discussion. Mm-hmm um and as as like a critic like that i value that a lot like it made me think of games and evaluation in a new way Mm -hmm. uh that i i love yeah so yeah interesting shit
0: i landed in a weird place because i like the i like the play of this quite a bit like i didn't you know i've not fucked around with the core at all like i've not done any of the challenge stuff you know just as a heads up we're not going to talk about the final chapter like chapter chapter nine the farewell or what have you uh yeah. again because it gets really challenge-fucky in a way that is specifically not for me but this is the second time that I played it like this was one of one of my favorite games mechanically that came out in 2018 um mm. and so like the the, the particular kind of platforming that they have you doing here is really appealing to me which kind of made me maybe I think like wrangle at the story bit a little bit more than I than I otherwise yeah. would yeah what
1: uh, what separates this from like other? Because I I don't think of you as like somebody who's real into Meat Boy and you know the closest uh, comparisons I eye can think and of. Stuff like
0: that. Yeah, the closest I can I can think of is uh, is actually Cave Story. Like okay. I really enjoyed doing the like the hell level of uh, of Cave Story, like the one that was super like challenge fucky, um, mm-hmm. you know. And that uh, I just basically the, the 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 more intricate that platforming got the the more fun it was for me. And I had a lot of fun with, uh, with, with meat boy as well, like kind of back in the day. Um, so I don't know like specifically what it is about this. I think that, um, the, the specific thing that this does really well is just keep the iteration loop really, really tight. You know, it's like the, you, you checkpoint at each screen, you know, at the entrance of each screen, you know, I died, like, in this run. I have a screenshot of it here somewhere. Um, <laughs> I died over a thousand times, but I didn't really care because it was just fun to, like, I don't know, have a podcast on in the background and then just try until I succeeded, you know? So, yeah. like, I'm, you know, I'm not good at them. I'm just really undeterred by failure, I think. And mm. this game kind of created a sweet spot for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about what my closest analog to something that does work for me in this mm-hmm. and it's platforming channel challenges and shovel night. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the propeller, you know, uh, night uh, kind of zone, things like that, where you're doing a lot of like bouncing on enemies and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what it's like less pure, but that's what I like about it, mm-hmm. you know, and you're doing, you know, you're kind of looking for managing this economy, <laughs> looking for secrets, you know, fighting enemies at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um so I need I need my my masso core platforming to be diluted. Yeah. You know, I I never did the White Palace in Hollow Knight, for example, cuz mm-hmm. I'm like I, I don't I don't care. You know, I I just I don't <laughs> That's if, not it's not what I'm it's, here it's for. Not, yeah. Yeah, it's not what I'm here for and it's not fun as a pure thing to me. Mhm. Um, you know, so like, I, I like meat boy, I never got like the end of meat boy, mm-hmm. but it was more, it was the style at the time. Mm-hmm. Like it was, you know, the late two, te- the late aughts, like <laughs> this is brand new. And like, you know, I played a little bit of N plus and stuff like that. Like yeah. oh, I there's love some N+. stuff like this yeah. that I dug, you know, yeah. but it's uh, it's just one of those genres that is generally not for me without a surrounding context I like. And mm-hmm. I think that's part of why, when I went looking for the surrounding context of this and didn't connect with it emotionally, yeah, it kind of hit me. hmm Um, so yeah, so we'll, we'll get into it. Um, it's going to be kind of a weird episode, uh, because this is a screen by screen challenge game Mm -hmm. where it doesn't make a lot of sense to talk about every individual screen. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure that there is a, a market for that and there is a way to do that. Um, it's not really what we do. We don't do like real time walkthroughs of, platformers like we right. talk about the general theme of a level and mm-hmm. new things that are introduced so we're going to go over yeah. all these basics and generalities and talk about the story stuff when it pops up mm-hmm. uh and then when we go kind of chapter by chapter we'll be talking about the arc and new things that pop up yeah. more than we talk about like man i can't believe that well it's hard to describe like <laughs> that room with the where you have to do that like you go across you know and then you oh, but you have to go up and in and there in one place yeah, but then they move <laughs> yeah, the spikes move, but it's only when you dash because they're on the side of the thing. <laughs> you know, we're not yeah. going to do that because uh, that
0: audio would be a terrible um, format for that. Like that, like yeah. there's a, there's a place for that analysis. Probably, a it's not us it's because Vimeo. <laughs> yeah, it's Vimeo. <laughs> uh, you know, um, like just it, like it just just show show the level being run, and then, like, break it down screen by screen with a guy doing, like, Madden drawing over it, like, explaining the the kind of the vagaries and particularities of, like, how this particular thing is designed. We're not here to do that, and we would, we would be unable to if we attempted to, and it would be very difficult to listen to, one imagines.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So not doing that. Nope. Uh Yeah. Um, And you know, we got our. I just you know, underlying the disclaimer that I'm going to talk about how I this game doesn't emotionally connect with me, Mm -hmm. and I don't take anything away from people. People like have teared up at this game, and they love it. They found a lot of identity in it. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. It is a force for good. This is in the Undertale pile of things. I'm I don't like the play of, but I'm culturally okay with existing. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah. Uh,
0: So let's get into it. Uh, In this game, Mm -hmm. you play as a young woman named Madeline, who is trying to climb this magical, like, silent hill mountain called Celeste, Uh, you know, (laughs) that kind of manifests your internal world. Um, And she is doing this, trying to conquer her unnamed mental illness. A couple of things are kind of name checked. uh, Depression, anxiety, panic attacks. Madeline Madeline is just a young
1: woman who is having trouble.
0: And uh, she is here trying to surmount
1: yeah, trying trying to get over it. Yeah. Um. And the way this takes place mechanically is this is a technical platformer. Um. So we mentioned Meat Boy. Like, let's say somebody's listening to this and they don't know what we mean by mass platformer, mm-hmm. or technical platformer. Um. It is like they're generally like you have a limited number of moves. Um. But you, you know you're you get through a screen from point A to point B, uh, mm-hmm. and it is difficult and precise. Yeah. Um. There is not a. You know, a million ways to do it. There mm-hmm. are multiple ways to do it, but it's it's tough. Yeah, um, lots of uh, death, lots of spikes, lots of mm-hmm. fail conditions. Yeah, um,
0: yeah, yeah. A very uh, very slim margin for error, um, and you know, very quickly in one of these games, uh, there is more hazard on the screen than safe area. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it is. Uh, the idea is. Looking at these screens, figuring out what you need to do, and then executing that—you uh, know—within the margins for error, which get increasingly more narrow mm-hmm. as they add more tools yeah. to to the game, more kind of blocks and environmental hazards and stuff that complicate. Mm-hmm that uh, that formula
0: yeah additionally you know sometimes you platformers often come with enemies that you have to kill in order to get beyond like that's not really a thing that happens in this kind of platformer you know like meat boy doesn't have them uh this does not have them there are things that kind of act as enemies but really they are just Mm -hmm. environmental hazards that have a little that have uh like behaviors programmed into
1: them more than anything
0: like this is not a combat game this is not shovel knight
1: yeah, yeah, you do you do very little fighting. Yes, uh, in, in it, if any, you know. Um, the uh, we talked about that rapid loop uh, there, which is necessary for this. Um, you know, when we had that question in the dispatch, where it's like, what's a game where one mechanic would ruin it? You know, mm-hmm. and we always bring up like fall damage in Portal, uh, yeah. like Celeste with five lives. And <laughs> like three continues, you yeah. know, like, well,
0: no, okay. it's just, it's not mechanically compatible. I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. somebody has run a, has done a challenge run, like a no death run. I'm positive that oh, exists.
1: Speed, speed do it all the time. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, I mean, like, I think that there are speed runs that have almost no deaths, mm-hmm. if not no deaths. Yeah. Um, but it has a, it has a uh, iteration loop, uh, similar to like Hotline Miami. You like, mm-hmm. you die, you Im- almost immediately, it's about a second.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, you start over at the beginning of the screen. The checkpoint is very generous. You never get sent back very far. mm mm-hmm. The best.
0: Yeah, you have a very limited set of moves. Like we said before, you can jump, uh, and the jump arc in this is pretty satisfying. You can you can control yourself in the air. You know, uh, you can mm-hmm. kind of steer around. Uh, you use the shoulder buttons to cling to walls, and you can do kind of like a limited amount of climbing, uh, which is necessary for setting up some some of the more specific jumps. But kind of the big movement skill in this is Madeline's air dash. So you know, uh, for most of the game. You know, once per jump, you can do this, you know, pretty powerful dash in one of eight directions. Um, and uh, you cannot dash again until you stand on, you know, solid ground or touch one of these stamina recovery crystals. But this lets you get around um, obstacles that otherwise would not uh, be surmountable.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like either just extending your your uh, airtime Towards something or mm-hmm. changing directions drastically
0: yeah to go to go like around that. like a dog leg yeah,
1: yeah. Um, lots of different uh, environmental bits so either hazards or aids or kind of like all-purpose gimmicks mm-hmm. um, there are a lot of them yes and uh, well, we'll talk about them as they they show up but they they exist to complicate the the platforming mmm
2: Yeah.
0: Um, the platforming for as much as the actual stages are designed to be challenging to be, you know, attempted several times. Um, the platform is actually pretty loosely tuned. Um, there are wide affordances, uh, very wide windows intentionally left for you to, uh, you know, commit certain actions. Right. You know, so we talk about the notion of coyote time in platformers, like how long can you kind of be in the air after you move off of safe ground before you can do a jump. Uh, it's actually pretty it's a pretty wide window here intentionally
1: mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah, so you know pretty uh pretty pretty nice in that way mm-hmm. um, each stage has kind of a, a a chase section that acts as a boss mm-hmm. um, a little bit, which is a clever way to do a boss fight encounter uh, in something like this yes um, these are tied into the narrative we'll talk about those specifically when they pop up mm-hmm. uh, let's um, camp out a minute on the the big like, one of the big discussion points yes. around this game is this game's approach to uh, difficulty and how that evolved over time and how it exists in relation to other games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because it is, uh, like, this is, again, like, things that, as much as this game is not, like, a game I connect with very much, I think this is, you know, best practices, best in show, you know, lifetime achievement award for its attitude towards difficulty and such
0: 100 um so this game has an assist mode that you can turn on um and basically what this means is uh gives you special abilities uh to change the game speed you can make yourself invincible uh you can get infinite stamina so you can do lots of uh, dashes in the air or you can skip chapters uh entirely Uh, The game, you know, very much wants you to see all of the story stuff and doesn't want to let the play get in the way of you uh, kind of getting through to the end of this.
1: Yeah. Um, And this was a a subject of a lot of discussion, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, whether because the assist mode in this is not just, you know, an easy mode. Mm -hmm. Um, It is really granular. Yes. Uh, So this is, uh, you know, the game wants you to be able to complete it. It is a game that textually recognizes people have different uh, capacities, both in every sense of the word, like both, you know, physical and literal, but mm-hmm. also just in terms of like desire mm-hmm. um, for what it's selling. And you can do things, you know, giving yourself two dashes instead of one it makes the game a lot easier mm-hmm. you give yourself infinite dashes which basically turns off the challenge but you can kind of tourist mode it um the thing i ended up making use of near the end was the time slowing down time mm-hmm. which is really interesting because it's it's down to 10 percent you can do either like 100 to 50 percent and just having a little bit more reaction time is what allowed me to, to get through it mm-hmm. um and it did not feel like just flipping to easy mode and like oh now this is trivial mm-hmm. You know, something being 20% slower is a pretty nice, you know, again, granular kind of affordance. You know, so I was still getting the challenge that it wasn't like about what I had the ability to do is what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. You know, like I probably could have just beat my head up against the ending more. I didn't want to. Yeah. So I did this instead and it was fine. Yeah. You know.
0: You know, um, and I, you know, beat this game without without using any of that both times. Um, you know, I basically saw the main game as the challenge that I was supposed to get over. I didn't, you know, again, go and do the strawberries or get into the core. That felt like too much to me. Um mm-hmm. I, I probably could use the Sysmo to get in there, but I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh notably, um, and importantly, even though I did not use it, I did not feel like its presence was there to insult me as somebody uh, who was up to it. <laughs>
1: uh, not an idiot. Yeah. Uh, do you know? So that's, that's good. Uh, cause idiots think that that's something that you think if you're, if you're dumb, dumb, you think that that's there to insult you. Um, sometimes it's explicitly there to insult you. Initially, mm-hmm. this did have language around that mode. Um, that was kind of chiding mm-hmm. and there was a symbol that it would put on your save file yeah. for this. And, uh, again, in like respect for this developer, um, he ended up having a dialogue with a, uh, I can't remember, I do don't—I think it might have been half-coordinated, mm-hmm. um, a notable uh, disabled speedrunner mm-hmm. who kind of explained, like, yeah, putting the stigma mark on this is super unnecessary, like, why would you do it? Right. And it, it just makes me think about how much I hate that fucking chicken hat <laughs> in Middle Year 5. Like, yeah. there's very little that I hate as much as, like, you've chosen a different mode, I'm going to make fun of you. Mm-hmm stuff from a developer, go fuck yourself. Like I, I I bought your game. I get to experience it however I want. Yes. You know, Uh, I think that kind of stuff sucks ass. Mm -hmm. Um, And the game used to have a little bit more of that and decided not to. Yeah. And I'm like, and nothing was lost, (laughs) you know?
0: Yeah. And here's the thing. The developer gained by listening to input from somebody, from somebody who was affected by the decision he made.
1: yeah. Yeah. Gained a lot, you know? And it's like, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't, hurt anybody mm-hmm. you know like it's it's a again model behavior like i i think that if time and resources were no object mm-hmm. i would basically want a version of this and everything yeah it's not that different than cheat codes um first off but even that like phrasing makes it sound you know uh degenerate mm-hmm. and it's it's really not like it's just you know yeah i just you know, i want to get through the thing i'm done with this you know mm-hmm. i've said it a billion times mostly talking about Soulsborne stuff.
0: Yeah. But, the but I people get it think
1: yeah. the, I get it button will, and people think that the choice is um, I either go to easy mode or I rise to the challenge and become a better person <laughs> and learn something about myself. <laughs> when in fact, the, the, the choice is I go to easy mode or I just play something else, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm not hostage, you're yeah. not a hostage to your art. And you know, the, the more that you treat your consumer as a hostage to your art, the, I think the sillier, I think that comes off, Yeah, you know, and, and I know I say that from my specific psychographic, like part of me, you know, when I'm thinking about the, the melange, like the, the milkshake of reasons why Celeste doesn't connect with me, mm-hmm. part of the reason is I don't feel good after accomplishing things, uh, just kind of in general, you know, but also <laughs> in video right. games, like yeah. I'm not like, Oh, I did a hard video game thing. I fe- I don't get the good feeling mm-hmm. squirt from that. Like yeah. I like solving a problem. Like I like, you know, doing a like a weird thing in Deus Ex, like oh, if I put a vending machine in front of this door, they can't open it. Mm-hmm. That feels good to me. Um, you can never challenge my reflexes yeah. and have me feel good about it ever in a million years. Nope. Um it's just not how I work. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if I do feel good about something, it drains faster than anything. Like I, I was uh, talking about this, and Will mentioned he was like, yeah, after Duck Fest, I got to watch Gary's. Uh, good feeling drain out of his face in real time. It took about 20 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's like, that was, you know, several months of work and an entire day of having every muscle in my body flex and everyone had a good time and stuff. And it lasted less than an episode of the Simpsons in terms of feeling good about it. And it's just the way my, my brain works. Uh-huh. And you know, where, where's my Celeste? Like, give me a game yeah. that speaks to that because that's a problem. Where's my I don't, I don't like him? it. Where's my fucking, where's my game that talks about how like, you know, it is impossible to feel pride. Uh, give me, give me that game. You know, uh, so it just, you know, I'd get through a room, and I would just be like, I don't have to do that room mm-hmm. anymore. That's good. I only feel the erasure of bad things. I don't feel good things, <laughs> right? You know,
0: yeah. I'm in a, I'm in a similar spot. Like for me, I have a lot of that. There's a lot of appeal to exercising patience. You know, Mm. like, I don't necessarily feel good. Like, you know, I I couldn't go, like, do a, you know, do a slam dunk and a touchdown dance after I beat something. But, like, you know, sitting down and trying something a bunch of times, getting mad and then getting over it. Like, okay, cool. There we go. Cool. that, that, That is the satisfaction that I get out of this. But the fact that this gets so granular means that it does something pretty ridiculous, and then in very rare, which is this is a game that can appeal to like a really wide number, like a really wide gamut of people. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just different people, different psychographics, different you know capabilities and desires. You know, from somebody who wants the infinite stamina all the way up to somebody who wants none of that and also wants to do all the challenge stuff and get to the really difficult stuff in the core. I think that that is remarkable, if not unique in games, actually, that it has that wide of a gamut.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's with with the buy-in of what it's doing in the first place. Yes. Yeah. You know, like you still have to be down for this type of platformer. Right. You know, but within that, I think it is kind of a master class in terms of like breadth of appeal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like good, good job. Um, Matt, uh, you know, who who uh, worked on this, um, mm-hmm. talked a lot about difficulty during the big difficulty discourse dust <laughs> of 2019. Right. And it was great. Like everything they had to say about it was just like, you know, pretty much on point, mm-hmm. I think.
0: It's like, hey, um, we stepped on this rake a little bit. We listened to the input. Here's what we gained out of it. Here's how we here's how we uh solved the problem. Here's how we did what we did. And here's what people can take from this going forward. Uh it yeah. is a tremendous example. Yeah. And one of the yeah. few times where difficulty discourse didn't immediately make me want to go to sleep.
1: <laughs> I mean it it it's, uh it well, usually it makes me mad. Well, yeah. But I was just like, this made me feel righteously mad. Like, yeah, yeah. you're right.
0: <laughs> um, when, when, when I say, when I say it didn't make me want to go to sleep, I'm thinking of the, uh, of the Austin Walker tweet. You ever see a, the anger need, of sleep? <laughs> yes. You ever seen it take so bad? You need to immediately go to sleep. You know, yeah. it's like, I, I can't be in this dimension anymore. I'll be gone for a yeah. while.
1: That's yeah. That's all that that's happens all the time now. Yeah. Uh, it's a near constant, which is nice. Cause I'm sleeping a lot. <laughs> Um, The other thing that they do in terms of kind of, you know, let you make your own fun, let you make your own challenge, is the way they do collectibles in this game. And again, like, I adore this. Like, Mm -hmm. there are these little strawberries you can collect um, that are found out of the way or in specific challenge rooms. And the game, when you pick one up, the game says, hey, you grabbed a strawberry. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you want to collect these, you can, but they're just there to brag. Like, mm-hmm. they're, they're just there to, like, show off if you want to. Don't feel any pressure. Mm-hmm. And, like, again, I love that. Because we how many times on this show or any of our shows have we talked about how fucking obnoxious it is to, like, put, like, the true ending of, say, like, Arkham Knight behind doing all the Riddler challenges? Yeah. You know, that's such horseshit. Mm-hmm. You know, like, God, like, let me own the video game I bought and play it <laughs> the way I want to play it. You know, don't, do not be nearly as prescriptive as you're being, yeah. devs. It's fucking weird. Yeah. Um, w- so I, I really like the way these work, and every time I saw one, I was like, "Fuck that shit," and it was great.
2: <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> you know, yeah, but well, also, like, I saw, I saw one, I was like, "Oh, that looks pretty fun," and then I would g- give it a shot. And about half of the time, I would get it uh, when I decided yeah. to go for it. But I, but I, like the rest of the time, it's like, no, you know, I don't need to feel bad. I just kind of want to see the rest of this level. Uh, here I go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're fun. Like yeah. the like the challenge areas are, you know. The, 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 they fit in line with where, with where you're at in the game. Um, mm-hmm. and they use the constituent parts that are on the critical path uh, really well. Uh, yeah. they, they, they work together very well in order to uh, make these make these strawberries you know an accomplishment to get a hold of. Um, even though the game does tell you they're optional, they are necessary to kind of like get through the challenge epilogue. So in a way, like there is a, you know, there is stuff that is hidden behind getting this, but you're not being denied like a full story by not getting, by by not getting all of these.
1: Like what you're being denied is doing the thing that like Mm -hmm. you, if you, if you want the thing, it's denying you, you would want to get the strawberries in the first place. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Same thing with these crystal hearts that are really hidden.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, you get all of these to open up the core to get to kind of the final set of levels. In the uh, game before the DLC yeah. was kind of uh, introduced. Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, yeah, There are also these... I'm not going to uh, talk with
1: those too much.
0: Yeah, no. I was, I was real surprised when I saw one. I was like, wait a minute. Were these all over the place? Oh, yeah. They kind yeah. of were, weren't they? Um, yeah. Something I did get a few of and I tried a little bit were um, these cassette tapes. Uh, they are not as well hidden as the Crystal Hearts. But when you find a cassette tape, there's one in each chapter. It opens up that level's B-side. Which is like the uh, the heaven or hell version of the uh, of of the level from like Meat Boy. Um, it is just a more difficult version of the level, um, and beating mm-hmm. that unlocks seaside, which is uh, a very short but very punishing and technical. Like hey, so you like challenge, do you? Uh, kind of things. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep. Um, these also feature remixes of the music, which is uniformly mm-hmm. pretty good.
0: Love the music. Um,
1: yeah. It's all on Spotify. Uh, so,
0: like I listen to it yep. in the house all the time.
1: Yep. It is a, it is a veil. Um, so it is good. And the remixes are good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, Celeste, you know, was designed for speedrunning, or designed with speed running in mind, um, as kind of like almost like the ultimate challenge, mm-hmm. you know, the game, it almost feels like if you're the person who's going to learn how to do all of the stuff, yeah. um, they want you to learn how to do all the tricks and everything. Like that's kind of the ultimate expression
2: mm-hmm.
1: of getting good at Celeste. Um, so you can turn on a speedrunning clock.
0: Yeah, uh, in it. And there are, like, little m- mechanical things that are not explained to you, ways momentum works, uh, you know, the when different uh, – like, at what point during particular animations uh, certain moves are available to you, et cetera. It gets very technical. And there are also, like – Good?
1: Yeah. Uh, there are also, like, techniques that are tutorialized in the final chapters yes. that are available way before that, but the t- tutorials don't end. And these are – a lot of them are, like, speedrun techniques that become necessary for the late game challenges. Yeah. You know, you can almost see the idea of this like kind of Ouroboros, you know, where the developers like, you learned all this stuff. We taught you the really advanced shit. Now start the game over. Mm-hmm. Knowing that, how quick can you do it?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yep. And I can see how that'd be very fun for somebody who had more yep. patience than me. <laughs>
1: yeah. Who who likes speedrun and stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh moving over to the over to the story side. Um, story is pretty simple. It's very directly told. Uh, we've got dialogue that happens here between just kind of Mm -hmm. a handful of characters. Um, and kind of the main conflict here is, you know, not just Madeline against the mountain, but the mountain has kind of manifested this dark doppelganger of her, of, of Madeline. Um, which is kind of, this is a little bit slippery, but like it is presented at first as the representation of her depression and anxiety basically what, what she is trying to get over um, and yeah. this part of you, which the, the fan community calls Badolin, Um And we I just threw the notes. I call her battling for lack of, but basically because writing part of you is awkward.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. It's, it's a really silly name that I don't like. Yes. Uh, in mm-hmm. uh, Okay. Um, yeah. Th- this represents, you know, the, the, the feel bads, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, what, Madeline's trying to get over, um, and the the, you know, the grand arc of the game is you know you don't get over that stuff you learn to, you know to, to work with it and you accept it as part of yourself. Yes, like it's all you all the way down. Mm-hmm. You know is 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 kind of what uh, it's going for, yeah. um, and that is the main arc of the story um, with it. So like that arc of her learning to accept that and how that articulates you know her trying different things. Mm-hmm to kind of get over it, um, is, is what we're going to deal with story-wise here. Um, uh, it's a nice looking game. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's pretty pixel art. Um, the one thing I don't like is the, I wish that the character portraits were, they look like flash animation to me in a way that I really don't like.
0: Yeah. It's, it's Um, thick line. Uh, it is thick, thick line illustration on the character portraits.
1: Yeah, I don't like those. But when it's pixel art, when it's actually a level, I think it looks really good.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful colors. Um, every mm-hmm. stage has a really uh, defined kind of color palette uh, that establishes it really well. And there's mm-hmm. a wide range. It gets very bright. It gets very dark. Like the Cthulhu stuff in the mirror temple is neat, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: know? Yeah, it's yeah. good. Uh, nice looking. Uh, yeah, and we heaped a lot of praise on the soundtrack. It's It's tremendous, you know? And it's available yeah. for you if you want to go and uh, g- go and grab it. Um, so the game was designed by Matt Thorson, um, the pr- primary designer of this. It was a very small team, but Matt Thorson is out there in front. Um, they had previously worked on uh, the side-scrolling kind of battle arena game, Towerfall, uh, mm-hmm. which in my head, I can never, like, get over the fact that it was, that it was like, it was Uya exclusive for, like, a year. So I still Hell think yeah. I can't play it. Ooh yeah. <laughs> ooh yeah.
1: Ooh yeah is the Marines' favorite console. <laughs> <laughs> so the yeah. official console of the US Marines.
0: Yeah. Ooh, ooh yeah. Ooh, ooh yeah, the Bay of Pigs of consoles.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, and Tower is all right. Uh mm-hmm. Nick is a bigger fan than I am. We we yeah. busted it out at Duckstream a few times, and I yeah. think it is okay.
0: I know lots of people who really enjoyed it. I used to work with people who had like Towerfall nights.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, this game began began as a uh, Pico Eight game developed for a jam, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of thirty levels aimed at speedrunners. Uh, that is locked within this game. Yep. You can play the uh, Pico Eight version. I love it when games do that. Mm-hmm. And the Pico Eight version feels remarkably uh, like Celeste. Yeah, um, which is which is pretty wild. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Pico 8's neat. Uh, Like, yeah, it's really only capable of making platformers I found, but like in the hands of someone capable, uh, like Matt Thorson here and the people that they worked with, uh, it, it makes something that like, yeah, this is a really good prototype. (laughs) This is a very Mm -hmm. good prototype of what would become a bigger thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there was a DLC, like a final chapter called farewell, um, is added to the game for free in September of 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not going to talk about the content of it very much. As we mentioned, it's, you know, it's for, for challenge hounds. Mm -hmm. Um, The chapter includes a little bit of kind of like a a screenshot. And there is some kind of supposition that Madeline might be trans. Yes, Um, In the uh, screenshot on her desk, there is a, a small rainbow and a trans flag Mm -hmm. um, on the computer desk as long as long or along with a picture of her with short hair. Um, this is something that is not, um, you know, unanimous in any community. Right. Uh, and it's something that like shit men got really mad about. Yes. And then, but also it's like, we're really not equipped to talk about it. And I've talked to, to people who who are trans and people have different feelings about whether this is canonically true or not. Mm -hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, in a lot of ways, like it doesn't matter if it's negative, like right. it doesn't matter to me as somebody who is not relating to this, like it does not hurt me mm-hmm. if uh, Madeline is trans. It does not hurt me if Madeline is not, yeah. Um. you know, it is, whether this is an Easter egg or this is the true identity of the protagonist, like, I don't know, Um. Mm-hmm. you know, we're not equipped to talk about it and it's, uh, but we're not ignoring it. We want to make sure that we mention it. Yeah. yeah. You know,
0: mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, there's a plausible trans read of it, but like you said, we're not equipped to it. We are not, uh, the ones who can be a messenger for that. So we're going to kind of represent what happens basically in the main game, um, is, yeah. uh, is, you know, what I feel comfortable talking about.
1: Well, yeah. And, and just kind of our, you know, as, as usual, like our experience with it. Yes, yeah. you know, like this, is, this is uh, kind of what we thought and that's what we can speak to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So let's, uh, let's get into it.
0: Let's do it. Uh, this opens up with a small little prologue. We've got some basic tutorial platforming down this kind of busted up road uh, until we reach a cabin of, uh, you know, the person who lives here on the mountain, Granny. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, and uh, Granny has a lot of Dark Souls 2 crone <laughs> energy to me yeah. uh, in terms of uh, making fun of you and laughing at you a lot.
0: Yeah. You know? She, um she, she she's always offering you ways to ways out, ways out of the thing you have committed to yourself that you're going to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, we don't we don't know exactly what Granny is, if Granny's part of the spirit of the mountain mm-hmm. or some kind of supernatural something or other. The chapter 9 deals with with her dying. Mm-hmm. Uh so we know that she can die. Yeah. So if it bleeds, we can kill it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. If we work together, if we put our
0: mind to it, Granny yeah. can go down.
1: That's the that's the big reason to do all of the challenges in this because you unlock versus mode and you can actually <laughs> take, take care of. You can it. you can
0: feed Theo his camera phone.
1: <laughs> I would love to fucking feed Theo his camera phone. Um, boy, would I like to wipe the smile off that guy's face. <laughs> we'll talk about it when uh, we get there. Is my least favorite character in video games for quite a while, actually. Oof, yeah, Theo um, no. yeah, is bad. Um, <laughs> but it, uh, kind of uh, so you know taunts you like having these, these like the, you know if you're having a hard time with my driveway, you're gonna have a hard time with the mountain. Mm-hmm. And you go across a collapsing bridge. Um, you do the jump at the end. You can't make it, and then a bird comes down and gives you the uh, air dash. Yes, tutorial. That bird is part of chapter nine as well.
0: Oh, nice. Um, no. did not realize how important the bird was. I thought it was just I a fun, <laughs> important. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how important. Like, I think that Madeline thinks the bird might have something to do with, with granny. Uh, and gotcha. that is what she is looking for in chapter nine. But again, yeah. I've only read about that. I haven't, I haven't mm-hmm. played it.
0: Yeah. Uh, but this takes us to our first proper level, uh, the forsaken city so mm-hmm. you know dark souls 2
1: vibes continue <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah uh so,
0: like people used to live on the mountain like there, like there used to be like a mountain town here and we're going to be kind of going up uh civilization is going to dwindle away but right now you know we are in this convoluted ruin where we've got like skyscrapers kind of all tangled together with the streets and stuff basically this is a 2d version of one third of the evil within so sure thumbs up <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, so a lot more spikes here, you know, a lot more death, um, and you're spending a lot of time doing kind of wall jumping, mm-hmm. um, here, uh, and the kind of titular mechanic or the, the key mechanic to this that they first introduced are these traffic light, uh, slingshot kind of platforms. Uh, when you stand on them, they shoot over to the other side and then slowly return. Um, and this is teaching you about momentum, mm-hmm. uh, basically, and how you can kind of use that to get, uh, further jumps.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, many of them are going to fl- you know fling you into traps, but most of the time, this is a way for you to cross dis- to cross distances that your regular jump and your um and your dash uh, could not clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, in addition to these, we are also introduced to winged strawberries. Uh, we have seen a couple of strawberries that are kind of like on the main path here. Um, you know, which is nice. You know, to show you that they are here. Before they put them, you know, into little, uh, little diversions. Uh, they introduce the winged ones. Uh, these fly away when you dash. So this turns a screen, whatever screen they're on, into, you know, an extra challenge because you lose one of your abilities. One of your most useful abilities for getting around obst- obstacles and stuff.
1: If you want the strawberry.
0: If you want the strawberry. Yeah.
1: Um, so as you, uh, there's lots of little diverticula here that have strawberry challenge courses and such. Um, but the main thing we're, we're going, as we're moving forward, we're going to stumble across, uh, the Theo that we mentioned before, um, mm-hmm. the stranger who is camping near our crashed plane. Um, Theo is the third or fourth character, I guess mm-hmm. with, uh, with battle line, um, who is, uh, like, I, I, this just felt like a trope that didn't age very well, but I don't know if I, <laughs> just cause I'm old.
0: It's, I mean, it's absolutely aged like milk, I think. Uh, yeah. the, the the selfie obsessed hipster guy with the with yeah. with, a, with a scarf and knit hat who um says things like YOLO and hashtag blessed. It is something yeah. that is, but that it feels like it. Like I remember being put off by him. Even in 2018, it feels like something that would have been pretty over the top. Even in like 2015, in 2020, yeah. this kind of happy-go-lucky cannot exist and will not exist.
1: Yeah. The uh, <laughs> the uh, the the lightheartedness of of Theo and the concept, like I just i I've never met a video game character before that I was so sure I would dislike in real life, mm-hmm. and I've met Chief Irons. You know, like I, I I was just like, I was just like, you know, everything could be cured by selfies. It's always a time for selfie. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, dude. And again, that's what part of what I was like, maybe this is just not for me because this is for the youngs Uh or this is, you know, but I was just like, I hate you. I hate you. Why are we friends with you? Why are we trying to save you? Why are we doing anything with you? Like, why are we talking to you? I get Uh that we're both the only two people on this mountain, but like, man, and they do, uh, the voices in this game are like the simlish, or this, like, not simlish, like Animal Crossing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And whenever Theo calls for a, a selfie, he does this, like, <laughs> thing, and it is, it is a, uh, a, a killing sound <laughs> to me. <laughs> Like every time it happened, I was it's, like, "It's like Blue from Blue's
2: Clues." It, <laughs> yeah, like
1: it had to go. Yeah. Uh, had to go. And tens of people probably like Theo. I bet you there are naked pictures of Theo online. Oh, people are shipping Theo. Like <laughs> again, I'm not trying to take that away from you. I found this character singularly annoying. Yes. Um, you know, and in every appearance, with very few exceptions
0: there's there's only one conversation with him that works for me and it's the The one fire yeah the the campfire toward the end where you kind of have the different options for you know what you want to talk about um yeah yeah, i really rankled really rankled at theo uh just because he you know reminds me not like of any one person i've met but has a lot of a lot of just kind of like He's an amalgamated character, um, amalgamation of characteristics from people that I worked with in like social media marketing kind of stuff. That yeah, I I I, I rankle against. And if you want to say that's because the light inside me is dead, that's fine. you know, oh, that, sure. that that can be your your opinion. But I, I uh, fully
1: prepared to get like the you know no soul <laughs> accusation stuff from this episode, and I, I can handle it. Yeah. Um. Yeah this Theo to me seems seems like he would start the worst possible startup. Yeah. Like you you would like work for Theo at like <laughs> you know a, something that's going to disrupt the Instagram community and like there's mandatory like Friday selfie like selfie friday or something like that yeah. like I don't know. I, I just got such bad vibes from Theo.
0: Theo, I think, I, is like a coding boot camp and a big payday away from being Dylan Merchant from Hypnospace Outlaw.
1: Totally, yeah. totally, totally. Like, you know, he's like a better person, but it wouldn't take much. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the annoying, the bad.
0: If, Gary, if you and I put our heads together and work for it, we can really corrupt this guy.
1: Yeah, I think I think it wouldn't take very much money to ruin <laughs> Theo, like. Well, this guy can go. Um, so, yeah. So most of the dialogue with him was very obnoxious. I was thankful for there to be somebody there, so you're not just talking to yourself the whole time. Yes. Wish it wasn't Theo. Mm-hmm. Um, right after Theo, we're introduced to these spring launch pads. Um, so these uh, mechanically are very important to differentiate these from other kinds of trampoline yeah. type objects. Um, these this, fire these automatically. Automatically. Yeah. As soon as you get them. This is my preferred mm-hmm. form of these. Yeah. Because they don't uh, rely
0: on timing. That is very yep. finicky. And, Specifically, the clouds later on. I can't. Uh, yeah, I do not, yeah. not like
1: the clouds. It's the same. It's like the uh, the spring things from Mario One. Yep. Like I always hated those. Like they're very finicky. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so we eventually get to some of these traffic slingshots that have spikes on the top. Um, so you know, so you have to cling to the side of them uh, in order to uh, in order in order to launch. So just a little bit more of a technical kind of wrinkle here. Um, but mm-hmm. all of that combines, you hit kind of the big challenge, you get to the end, um, and this is the one level that doesn't have, like, a big climactic um, conflict here. You just mm-hmm. reach this campfire near the memorial to everybody who uh, perished, trying to climb up Celeste. And so you set up camp, um, and the crow perches on Madeline's head as she wonders aloud whether or not this was a big mistake.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and she makes a comical grumpy face.
0: Yeah. I like you know? the uh, the the little splash screens, like the little um uh CGIs that end um every uh that end every chapter. Those are fun,
1: mm-hmm. lots of personality, but yeah. I still I don't like the art style of them. Like mm-hmm. I, I get th- I like them in, in theory.
0: They, they they show cute things. I, I think that's what I they, like. They
1: do show cute things. I think yeah. I just it's I don't like the art of it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know. Um, so the first, like, kind of real level here is the old site. Like, you can kind of treat this last thing as a tutorial almost. Yeah. Um, where you wake up and you go into this kind of dreamy version of these ruins at the mm-hmm. old, old site. Yeah. Um, and these, this introduces these uh, kind of star fields here, which are these uh, goopy boxes of sky. And if you dash in them, you will fly through them out the other way at the same trajectory. hmm yeah. Air
0: you, yeah, so you set your angle um, on your dash in and you fly through. Uh, the thing that kind of complicates them is that, yes, you will come out the other side, uh, you know, dashing in that same direction. But if you dash into a wall through them, like if the star field abuts against a wall and you dash into that wall, uh, you will die. Um, you, yeah. Like you telefrag yourself or something like that. Um, yeah. And so, you know, this is uh, complicating your air dash quite a bit because you're using these basically as like little conveyor belts almost. Um, mm-hmm. Something else that complicates the air dash is that we are introduced to stamina crystals. Um, and these are all, you know, like these show up first in a room that looks impossible because of the amount of spikes that are here, like, oh, I, mm-hmm. I am not gonna be able to do that. No, these stamina crystals function as like dash targets, like mandatory dash targets that you need to hit in order to, you know, like change your change your direction to get around these obstacles to like to hit the next one or to get to uh safety on the other side. Yeah. Uh it's yeah. real satisfying uh, they recharge to recharge nail... your dash. Yes, they Yeah, re- they re- they, re- they recharge your dash in your stamina. It's real satisfying to hit a chain of these. I like that quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh
1: the stamina and dash are are different um your dash is limited to just one of them and this will recharge it stamina um i didn't know this until i was researching about it it's your climb meter yeah so like uh it actually has a numerical value and it depletes at different rates Hmm. depending on what you're doing so yeah uh, if you're holding still still, it'll go down slow yeah yeah. yep and it's actually very similar to breath of the wild like if you um climb up it goes down quicker and if you jump up If you dash up, uh, it takes a bigger chunk, Mm -hmm. like all in one big chunk. Very similar to Breath of the Wild, actually. But you don't get to see it. Um, The way Mm -hmm. that the uh, game indicates that you have used your dash is your hair changes color, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, which is really elegant. And since your eyes are always going to be on Madeline, like, that's a really good way to do it, I think. Good design. Yep. Yeah. Um, So we're going to use the battle in here. Um, You reach a mirror. um, You look at it. It does not look like you. Mm -hmm. And uh, you don't talk to battle and yet, but this will happen at first yeah. or soon um, as the mirror kind of cracks here, yeah. And uh, some of the other fields that have been in the this zone are they were previously inert are now activated. Yeah, so something so, is breaking out of the mirror.
0: Yeah, uh, so you go you go back through old screens, but because these new fields are activated, you have different routes through them um, yes. to get through. Uh, we're introduced to kind of these uh switch blocks or ca- cassette blocks i think is what the wiki calls them um they're always paired they're blue and purple ones and they kind of alternate on this they alternate on rhythms like whether they are solid or uh you know not uh so you have to you know time your jumps to get through long runs of them
1: yeah really big part of the b-sides yes like, these are all over b-sides
2: mm-hmm.
1: um Badeline eventually does catch up with uh madeline and starts kind of taunting you uh, with us. So Badalyn's whole thing is, you know, kind of is like a manifestation of your self doubt. Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you, you're not going to make it like, you can't do this. Who are you kidding? Like, you're like, no, I have to climb this mountain. And um, she's like, I'm just being pragmatic. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, you cannot do this.
0: Yeah. The, like the discussion between Madeline and Madeline about what Badalyn actually is. Is kind of Mm -hmm. like one of the main things that happens through this, because, you know, right away, Madeline says, oh, yeah, like you're the you're the weak part of me. And Madeline never really gives the answer, just challenges her challenges Madeline for, you know, basically attempting to leave her behind, which is which is what she's what she's trying to do. Um, And that's kind of why I think it's, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty slippery to say like, oh yeah, this is just the manifestation of the depression. Cause that's kind of not what it is. Like that's one of the answers that come, that comes about, but that doesn't square away really with what ends up happening between the two of them.
1: Well, I, I think that like what ends up happening between the two of them is the idea that you have to accept those parts of you. Yes. Like it's definitely some kind of manifestation of, you know, bad feels Yes, like negative emotions, either in terms of like fear or insecurity. And that's part of my kind of issue with this, you know, yeah. the, the fluff of this game is that I, I think this would be stronger if it were better defined, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of what you want it to be. Yeah. You know, in, in a general sense, the message of this seems to me and like just my interpretation is like, you got to accept that stuff about yourself and learn to work with it. Yeah. You know, you can't, I uh, can't ignore it. You can't just like get rid of it. It's not something that you can just, you know get rid of mm-hmm. um but what it is is lots of things yeah you know like it, it acts as depression it acts as fear it acts as anger mm-hmm. uh during the next chapter um it acts as a lot of things yeah you know so there is no real answer as to what battling is
2: mm-hmm.
1: Battling is kind of like all the 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 mental illnesses <laughs>
0: yeah it's... you know the feel bad
1: rainbow like <laughs> Sorry, I forgot you know, it's about. what it feels like to me.
0: <laughs> um, I forgot about the feel bad rainbow and excessive yeah. nagging. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, all we can be sure of, though, it is something from within Madeline that has been given form by the mountain. You know, uh, Granny says later on, like, oh, nothing, you know, you don't see anything here that you didn't bring with you.
1: Yeah, it says the Yoda thing, mm-hmm. uh, for that. yeah, um. So, uh, the end of this level is a chase scene um, with Badlyn flying behind you as you kind of flee through these spike trap challenges. And if she catches you, you die. Right. Uh, here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you want to, uh, you know, keep up a good pace.
0: Yeah. She, uh, so, like, she's a dogged pursuer, but she does kind of, like, lag behind you. Um, it yeah. almost has like a like a bit of a slow uh, like reflex. So like as you make a turn, she will make that turn wider than you. So you can actually use her momentum against you or against yeah. her rather, uh, which is really satisfying to do. To kind of like Toro her into a place where she can't get at you. Um, mm-hmm. These are fun. Like I, I don't, I I can't think of like one of these end of level challenges that is actually just like a straight up bummer.
1: I just don't like the last one. No. Like they they the, the, that goes on too long for me. But up until yeah. that point, I like them. Mm-hmm. So I'm I agree with you. Yeah. Um, we get to the end, we get to this kind of information kiosk, you know, and we use a payphone to call your mom at this point um, because you just had this is essentially like a panic attack or a depression attack or a doubt attack or like mm. whatever is Madeline's you, bad feels.
0: You are in crisis.
1: You're in crisis. Uh, you call your mom and you can tell from the, the conversation she's annoyed at you. Yeah. Um, you know, and that is the dynamic. You know, So we get the sense of Madeline not having a lot of good support. Yeah. around here and people around her don't really understand what's going on.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, this specifically, she's still in, in the nightmare. Like this is the nightmare version yeah, of her yeah. mom because she wakes up and she's back at the memorial campsite. Um, yeah. You know, and yeah. like you get you get to the information kiosk, which is closer than it was in your dream, and your mom is much more supportive, so like who you're talking to here is like your anxiety version of of your mom who is yeah uh, how
1: you project yes yeah who, who you fear you still get it at-
0: is who who you fear has run out of patience for your shit
1: yeah i I still got the sense that like there's probably a little bit of truth to that though yeah, yeah. You know, like, it didn't come from nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand that's a big part of depression is feeling like you're a burden on everyone else.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I also got the sense, like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe things are not super sunny. Yeah. Right yeah. There. No. Um, So, when you wake up for this, so when you go to the real one, uh, you wake up because uh, it turns into this, like, gigantic eye monster. Yeah. And scares you awake. Um, when you actually get back to the memorial campsite, Theo's there. Uh, hey, it's always time for a selfie. Yep. Um, and he explains why he's climbing the mountain um, uh, because of his grandfather, who's also a photographer, mm-hmm. climbing the mountain. So he's trying to connect with his his heritage there. Yes.
0: Yep. But well, you take a selfie, and Madeline makes the call to her real mom. And you know the the, the takeaway is like, hey, you know, focus on your breathing. You can get through this. Um, and this yeah. moves us on to the next chapter, the Celestial Resort.
1: Yes, yep. Um, so you uh, you cross this bridge covered with this like red and black sludge. there. It is this new new hazard, and it's just killbox. Yeah, you know uh, it can move more, and it can uh, it looks more amorphous and has some kind of different behaviors, but it's basically spikes.
0: Yeah, it sticks out like from surfaces and blobs more than spikes would. Spikes are generally yeah. at right angles and stuff.
1: Yeah. Yep and this uh, will have things like sometimes it grows
2: mm-hmm.
1: on a surface things like that. Yeah. Um and when we get inside you find a key to get into the hotel um to meet uh the the fifth character of the game. Um this is a weird bit. To yeah. me. Do you I mean do you think so? Like I felt like taking a chapter just to deal with this guy's stuff <laughs> and then like having him not appear again was strange to me. Yeah. Mr. Ishiro is um,
0: strange, you know, because he is less important than the reaction that both Madeline and Madeline have to him to, like, trying yeah. to take on somebody else's burden while they are also working through their own thing. Like, I, I, I see the function of what's going on here, but putting him in the limelight for this and kind of making it this protracted comedy beat where he doesn't realize that he's dead and he's showing you through this obviously ruined hotel Um, and talking to himself, it, it, it doesn't feel like it contributes actually to the main thrust. And it feels like a, a filler episode is the wrong word because I don't, you know, like this is fun play. So it doesn't necessarily feel like filler. But when I say filler episode, I mean like this feels like the episode in the cartoon series where they take a break from the story to go to the beach or whatever. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, you know, and this is, you know, bring out the, the Gary has no soul. Uh, comments, you know, let them let them let them shit fly. Uh, I don't like Mister Oshiro. I don't think he's cute, mm-hmm. and I think that a lot of time was spent trying to make him seem cute. Yeah, like him saying a thing and then turning and like kind of biting his nails and be like, oh, I hope she likes it. <laughs> like it just it felt really, uh, kiddy and cartoony in a way the rest of the game didn't. Right uh, to me, and I just ended up finding Mister Oshiro annoying. And then like when we get to the end, when we get to the kind of moral judgment on whether how Madeline should react to Mr. Oshiro, like Mm -hmm. Mr. Oshiro in this thing is trying to to kill you. Like you die a bunch of times (laughs)
2: uh,
1: in this, like Mr. Oshiro is not a good guy during it, but the idea is like, I shouldn't have been mean to him, but also like, he's not a good ghost. No, You know, I, I don't know. Like it, it just felt like there's some things in this that don't feel as airtight in terms of theming to me as I think that they do to other people. And this is one of them. Yeah. Where, like, this felt sloppy in terms of pacing to me, story-wise.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, I mean, it's like, maybe, you know, I like this level. Yeah. You know, this is still solidly before I feel like the game gets excessive.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, But I, I just, theming-wise and story-wise, like, I just don't really get it. Yeah. You know, other than, than it showing that Badalyn makes, you know, her bottling up and makes Badalyn come out to be a jerk. Yeah. And is actually having an effect on other people. But those, mm-hmm. making that person an evil ghost
0: it It also puts a weird choice it pollutes the cosmology of this a little bit because it stops being you know, hey, this is a silent hill place that manifests the things inside you, which is conceptually one thing, and then we add the shining, where you have a haunted hotel and a ghost you cannot move on,
1: yeah, yep, and he's he's concerned with clutter, but it's emotional clutter like mm-hmm. it it plays broader. Yeah, like this is almost like a psychonauts level. <laughs> yeah, like sincerely, like Oshiro is like a psychonauts character. Like mm-hmm. you go into his hotel, and the mess you're cleaning up is his, you know, his detritus. You know, his his various emotional detritus. Like in a way that felt Psychonautsy in The way the rest of the game didn't. Yeah. Yep. You know. So yeah, this this doesn't totally work for me story wise, but mm-hmm. I do do like the play here.
0: Yes, but you meet Mister Oshiro when you walk into the lobby. Um, Madeline asks, like, Hey, can I just like go through the building? It's in my way. He says, no, that's for employees only. But if you would like to stay, I can take you to like the presidential suite, like the presidential penthouse suite. Um, mm-hmm. Mr. Ashiro is a ghost, but he is not aware that he is dead. Uh, he thinks yes. that this is still an active hotel, even though it is very clearly in ruin.
1: Yeah. And does not take no for an answer. No. no. Uh, to you being like, I don't want to do that. And he pushes right past it. Yeah. Um, so there are, uh, some new hazards introduced in this chapter. Um, there are platforms that slide up and down when you stand on them, Mm -hmm. uh, here. And then certain surfaces that are covered with Oshiro's gunk, Mm -hmm. these little like filaments and worms and stuff. And you can touch these safely once, but then they, the stuff grows off of them. So they're kind of one-time use platforms.
0: Yeah. The corruption. Um, and these are used, I think most effectively, um, on walls that you have to, uh, uh, climb and get around. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Those are those are good fun challenge. Um, The way forward is locked off to you and you have to take these different uh, challenges to get detours to find keys. That's kind of another um, kind of another mechanic that they introduce here that is expanded out to this whole hub area that Mr. Oshiro leads you to that is completely clogged with different kinds of junk, you know, linens, uh, books, boxes, etc. Um, and there are multiple um, different kind of spokes you can take off of this. However, I believe that you have to do them in a particular order. Like it guides you, you know, you get a key from one that'll open up the other. Yeah. But you return back to the central area as different types of clutter are clear. And that opens up the way forward to the next one.
1: Yeah. And in the middle Mr. Oshiro is just, you know, panicking. Yes. You're kind of freaking out. Um, the, uh, the blobs of corruption of Oshiro slime start kind of flying. So they will be in these simple patterns, like, you know, between platforms, they go up and down. Mm-hmm. So introducing an element of timing. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't there before. Um, in the, uh, the laundry, you get a little bit of this, you know, backstory stuff, this note from Mr. Oshiro informing the staff that they have to close down the the hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, nobody goes to haunted mountain anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Too yeah.
0: many people fell to their
1: death. <laughs> it
0: was a liability. Yeah. Pe- nightmare.
1: Yeah, pe- pe- yeah. People continue to die. And only happen. one of them comes back to life it's fucking weird yeah so
0: yeah. <laughs> um yeah so you find this there there's there's a couple of other pieces of backstory here uh you do find Theo uh, down in one of the laundry areas he is completely spooked out by, by the entire thing. he is not down with the with the scooby-doo kind of vibe so he goes to escape through events and make his own way um yeah. and once you clear all of the clutter out of the center area Oshiro is just kind of a jerk about it. Pretends that he did it all himself and doesn't thank you.
1: Yeah. Which, you know, in the the narrative of how, you know, Madeline's kind of dealing with her stuff, she, you know, turns to their cheek and this and continues to try to help. And that, mm-hmm. is, that is her pushing down her her battle inside. Yes. You know, so it explodes later at him. Um, so we, we find uh, another note. Um, you know, or we find him uh, talking about how he'll stay one last night after everyone leaves. Yeah. It's Think like a hotel proper. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. So that's implied. Like if he had left, he would, wouldn't have died. Yes. You know? So, so he dies there. Um, you eventually get up to the presidential suite, which uh, you need to do because you need the key to the back door. Mm-hmm. Um, and Oshiro's there and it's like, Hey, stay. And again, you don't want to stay. So he's very crushed right. uh, and he's very sad. And then battle and emerges from a mirror and starts berating Mr. Oshiro, about how shitty his hotel is and how he's in denial. Yeah. Uh, which, and this is meant to be like, you know, I feel like if you if you stuff your emotions down, they'll blow up mm-hmm. out of you. I was, again, mildly confused about this because I think that Batalon was right and Mr. Oshiro was trying to hold you against your will. Yeah. I don't have a lot of sympathy for Mr. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oshiro, actually. <laughs> I don't want to um, be
0: like held on citizens arrest. It just kind of seems... Yeah. It doesn't by seem a ghost. like the best plan. Yeah. seems
1: pretty open and shut to me. I, I, I feel like Theo was basically right. Like, actually, this is haunted. Let's get out of here. <laughs>
0: right. And
1: this being played up as a conflict, like, no, you need to be nice to Mr. Oshiro. Like, uh-huh. I didn't really get...
0: Yeah. Like I can get, um, I can get the message, right? Like, Oh, you know, Madeline is dealing with her own stuff and she sees, she, she sees somebody else who has a problem and she is kind of bending over because it's, you know, in her mind, it's easier to help somebody else. I'm projecting a lot of the stuff on here, but her, are like, Oh, I'll help him. And that'll help me help me. But no, actually indulging him is, is, is holding both of you back. Right. And Madeline has the more realistic approach. Uh, which would have been just like, hey, a gentle reality check early, but it was bottled up and it became this explosion that turns Mr. Oshiro into a monster.
1: Yeah, you don't have to be a dick about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we start to leave. Mr. Oshiro is very upset. And then uh, Oshiro says, like, why would you help us and then just leave? Yeah. Um, and Madeline says, again, like, the reason why Madeline helps is to feed her own twisted ego. Right. Um, you know, kind of playing with that whole there's no such thing as altruism. Yeah. Uh, kind of trope. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, Mr. Oshiro turns into a big evil ghost, and we get another chase sequence. Um, this one plays differently, yeah. uh, where Oshiro stays to the left side of the screen and then charges forward mm-hmm. um, at you, and then kind of resets. So yeah. it adds this kind of moving horizontal hazard. Um, you can Mario bounce on these guys. You can goomba stomp them, mm-hmm. uh, and it makes a very satisfying Mario noise
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, when thunk. this happens. Yeah.
1: You know, and that is was generally my strategy rather than trying to manage. Uh, this, like, same thing with the uh, the later kind of, like, monster thing. Yeah. Like, if I could jump on it, I would get rid of it, try to do the next bit, and then get rid of it so I could do it clearly.
0: hmm so, Yeah. So. Uh, this is fun. Um yeah. you, know, like, you know, like, these are lengthy sections, too. It's many, many screens that you have to get through. Yeah. 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 And, it, uh, again, cannot praise the checkpointing at the beginning of every screen
1: enough. Yeah. it's very nice. Yeah.
0: Um, so you get away. And basically it takes you know, you falling and Mr. Ashiro falling with you uh, to make him realize, you know, to, to, to realize the futility of this. And then he reverts back to his normal form and says like, okay, I've, I've got to close down the hotel for repairs. I went too far here.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, so we end up in the next area, uh, the golden Ridge, which is outdoor area. And it's, you know, you're in a mountain, you're not inside the mountain or inside a building. Mm-hmm. Um and then it introduces wind? Yes. Um I'm not I'm not super crazy about the the hazards in the zone. No. Personally like wind as a thing in video games like complicating and making you relearn your your timing and your physics mm-hmm. is never my favorite thing. No. In, in one of these, even in games I really like, like, it's, it's not my fave.
0: I, yeah. No, the, the, I, I, I play one of these, any of, any of these, like, even Mario Maker levels that have the wind, and immediately yeah. I am a little kid, again, getting extremely frustrated at Ninja Gaiden. Um, yes. You know? Uh, so I don't care for this. Additionally, like, the wind moves from different directions on different screens, and it feels like it has variable speeds. So you're not just learning one deviation on your physics. You're kind of adapting to it every time. Um, and yeah. this led to a great number of deaths for me.
1: Yeah. Yep. Um, this is also where they introduce the clouds, which act as kind of uh, trampolines, but like Mario 1 trampolines, where you have to time it mm. perfectly to get the optimal bounce. Yeah. Um, I'm also not crazy about these. Mm-hmm. Um, like, this game controls really well, but nonetheless, I still. One of the things this game gets praised for is like, oh, Madeline does exactly what you want her to do. And that never happened for me. Mm-hmm. Um, in especially like probably the back half of the game. I almost in every screen, I would have at least one death that was either because of a environmental hazard that worked like this, Mm -hmm. where the timing was just a little fiddly or the locking into the eight directions to dash would not work the way I want it to. And I would attempt to dash at a 45 degree angle and would dash at a 90 degree angle instead. Mm -hmm. Even though like to my mind, I was clearly pressing, you know, at a 45 degree angle. And I don't know if that's just like the dead zones. In the in the analog stick for this. It's in a different way. Um and it it's an interesting thing. Like when I was when this first came out and I was like seeing reviews of it and stuff, other some other people noticed. like they're like, Oh, this does not feel the controls are a little like non tight mm-hmm. for this. And so it's a real cilantro thing. Yeah. Whether this just feels perfect to you or whether it uh it feels like every once in a while Madeline has a mind of her own.
0: Yeah. Um, it definitely like lives in the margins in your hands, um, you know, a couple of times. So basically I, I split playing this between handheld and bed, um, and up on the screen. Um, and when I played it up on the screen, I used my pro controller, which has a good D-pad. I also found that I had trouble, you know, cor- you know, correctly getting the dash to go where I wanted it to go 100% of the time, you know, like most mm-hmm. of the time it would happen. But then, you know, like you said, at least once it would send me straight into a wall of spikes or what have you. So you are not alone in that problem.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, This also introduces dash bubbles. Uh, These are green bubbles. You hit them, you are absorbed, um, and then the bubble flies in the direction that you were pushing when you were absorbed by it. Uh, This also refreshes your uh, your air dash, so you can do another dash out of it. So again, you are making these chains. You are changing your, your momentum through these. Um, uh, these ones disappear, whereas later on you're going to find red ones that, uh, reappear. They basically respawn mm-hmm. where they were at because you need to use them multiple times. These are fine. Like the window to pick a direction is wider than, uh, the, the, than it seems. So I didn't necessarily find the, find these to be a problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, these are fine. The, uh, the are introduced here, this is the good one. Yes. You know, I feel like, um, kind of partway into the area, uh, we find granny, um, she's in some hot springs and she kind of talks about Oshiro. You know, Oshiro is this lost soul. Don't make him your project. Right. You know, which again is a good message. It feels like a, like a whole game could be that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it it does feel like a diversion to me.
0: Yeah. And that game is called The Beginner's
1: Guide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: Right. Um, uh, but she offers you a shortcut back down and Madeline does not accept it. You know, Granny, again, being Dark Souls 2 crones, like, oh, there's a real there's a real fine line between determination and stubbornness isn't there but yeah that's all she yeah. that's all the issue that she makes of it
1: yeah um kind of like old the <laughs> you know in some in some ways um we run into these spite crystal formations uh, that show up they're basically like the corruption uh bits from the hotel right um this looks different um and then arrow blocks again mario dna mm mm-hmm. In this, um, when you're on them, they'll float in the direction uh, in any given direction as long as you've activated their switch.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, um, and there are you know a few different iterations on this. Again, Mario DNA, you send it moving um, in a direction, and you have to keep up you know keep up alongside it, uh, platforming around and kind of changing it to the correct lane so it can continue to get you uh, to the exit of a particular stage. Uh, when you get there, yes. um, these are really big. And sometimes I felt like I would be, like, one or two pixels off, and it would dissolve, and I would have to start yeah. over again.
1: Yeah. 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 But not not too bad as far as the, you know, again, the the hazards and, and elements introduced to this. Yes. Uh, I like them more than the bouncy clouds. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get to the end, you reach this gondola. Um, Theo shows up. And, of course, it is time to take a selfie because Theo is a single-issue <laughs> voter.
2: Um,
1: when the, like, when this happens, uh, Badalyn jumps on top of the roof and shakes the gondola to stop it. Um, What's happening in real life here? Like, outside of the metaphor?
0: I don't... I I think that maybe the... um, Okay, so a battle is not physically stopping the gondola. I think that maybe it stalls or hitches. You know, it's an Mm. old abandoned piece of machinery on a big mountain that has claimed many, many lives. uh, And both of you foolishly stepped on it like it was a safe or sane thing to do. And... Madeline again. If Madeline is not real, uh, takes the stalling as a sign that they're about to die, and she has a panic attack.
1: Yeah, it's it's weird that it feels like it's implying that somehow it is in Madeline. This thing mm-hmm. broke, you know. Uh, it's like, I think that is the intention, but it, it yeah. this, as far as this feeling like the, all the edges don't meet quite as perfectly as I want them to, like, this yeah. is one of those scenes.
0: It's like, this is physically battling, you know, like in the game, messing with them, like stopping the gondola to keep them from proceeding. Um, yeah. Uh, she has not told Theo about this dark doppelganger that is coming after her. Like, that conversation doesn't happen until later. So, I think that there's also like an unexpressed part of this, which is Madeline holding herself accountable for the danger that Theo is in uh, by going sure. alongside her.
1: I blame the selfie. Like, it makes just as much sense. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, like, if something's going to cause it.
0: Yeah, I blame the selfie because I was going to do that anyway.
1: So, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it's basically, like, Theo is the real battling.
2: He's Worstelin. Worstelin. Oh,
1: man. So uh, you start having a panic attack, as you would being Mm -hmm. stuck on a gondola. um, And these uh, tendrils of darkness start coming from the edge of the screen. And Theo teaches you an anxiety management trick. Yep.
0: Actual thing. This does help. It's a breathing exercise. Just picture of, you yep. know, says, "Hey, picture a feather in front of you." Um, and you hold down the button to breathe in, uh let go of it to breathe out. And you're trying to keep this feather, you know, moving smoothly up and down with a, within a little bracket on on the screen.
1: Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. It is a nice little scene. Yes. Um, and this allows you to reach your com- regain your composure, which makes the gondola start again. <laughs> uh, it's a mind again, gondola. I- I don't understand the metaphor, here. <laughs> um, but this allows you to make it to the top, and yeah. Theo shows you the the selfie that you made, and you're uh, very terrified because the gondola. Because <laughs> well, you think you're going off. to
0: die. Yeah. 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 Uh, so the gondola deposits you in the next stage here, Mirror Temple. Um, this mm-hmm. is like one of three climaxes that we have in a row. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this is where you do the, I guess this isn't the confrontation with the shadow itself. Regardless, no, though, yeah. <laughs> uh, you do reach the temple, and Theo was just really, really fixated on how his uh, how his followers on social media on Insta the uh, the Instagram uh, analog here they're gonna love all the shots that he takes here, and so he dashes ahead, you know, and does not heed Madeline's warning that hey, maybe that's not a good idea.
1: This is this is almost like Theo's chapter.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: you know, in in a lot of ways, and. There's a feint that this game is going towards um you know uh his his specific neuroses about you know being at the center of attention and eyes mm-hmm. looking at him all the time and yeah. stuff because he's a social media influencer. <laughs> and I couldn't have less sympathy for that if I tried. Right. Um you know, I just <laughs> I don't know. Again, yeah. I'm old. Uh so this uh this introduces um there's like narrow areas you have to dash under or dash through.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, we also have these platforms that are like dash slingshots, um, uh, basically platforms that rapidly, you know, fling you, um, if you dash, uh, all of them go at the same time. So oftentimes you will need to, uh, dash in order to clear a uh, pathway, not necessarily use one of it as a source of, mo- not necessarily use each of the platforms as a source of momentum.
1: Yeah. They, they act as obstacles as well. So like when yeah. you dash, they change positions and then slowly yes. reset. Yeah. Um, similar to the ones we've seen before, except instead of it being triggered by landing on them, it's triggered by dashing anywhere. Yes. Um, there are red bubbles here, um, as opposed to uh, the regular bubbles. Um, these ones, instead of just shooting you one dash link, they shoot you uh, until you stop. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and also we have blades. Uh, this, these are just spiked balls that move like the, um, you know, the little free-floating bits of corruption from earlier. Um, mm-hmm. just reskinned versions of those because you are in this, you know, challenge death temple. Um, yes. Uh, so you navigate through this, uh, you reach a, a room where Theo is trapped in a mirror and he doesn't really realize anything is wrong. He asks you like, Hey, why are you trapped in a mirror? But then someone chases him away. Um, yeah. Quite possibly his own version of battling, or whatever is, whatever yeah. is harrying him in his dark Creo. world. <laughs> Creo,
1: yeah, the Creo Corporation. <laughs> this is dark, dark Theo. Oh. Um, yeah. Uh, so things get very dark as you're kind of continuing through here. We're starting seeing ornamentation of these Eldric beings, like this kind of Cthulhu light mm-hmm. uh, kind of stuff, as TV tropes would call it. Yeah. Um, these blue torches appear, and as you pass by them, they light up. Um, yeah. This isn't a puzzle element. It's not Zelda. Right. It's thank, just to make it easier God. to navigate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I For <laughs> a little, when I first got here, I thought you had to light all of them up, mm. but there are so fucking many of them. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah. They're just there to make it a little easier mm-hmm. to see. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, but you reach a large, ornate ceremonial mirror and uh, Batalin draws you into the dark world. Um, and you have this kind of, like, trippy, desaturated dream sequence where you are controlling some of these floating tentacle monsters that you had only seen as uh, statues uh, before. Um, and I think this is a real cool way to teach you, uh, A, how these things move, like, how they have to commit to a direction in order to go, and, like, what kind of barriers they can and cannot pass.
1: Yeah, yeah This is great. Yeah. Like, this is a really clever way mm-hmm. to teach you about an enemy. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised I haven't seen it really before. mm mm-hmm you know, as a thing. I think this is really good. Yes. Um, one of them, uh, as you're it, you start chasing Madeline and then Madeline wakes up and now you're in a darker version of the temple. Um, the spikes have been replaced by tentacles and those tentacle monsters are going to be about now. Wow. So they're not quite there yet, but they're on the way.
0: Right. Uh, you catch up with Madeline. You are in her world. Seemingly, but it's all your world. She's like, "Oh yeah, all of this is in you. <laughs> like, don't be shocked at the decorations. You brought this. You know, in fact, the temple only magnifies the mountain's power."
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you kind of uh, you bicker a little bit more, and this is where Badalyn starts calling you out, like for mm-hmm. making her feel like a monster. Like, right. you know, like I am not. Like again, I'm you. Yeah, you know, that like you having this contempt for this part of yourself is not helping. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So and maybe that's why I'm lashing out is because you're yeah. not treating me well. Yeah. Yep. So no. uh, you get to a long, uh. long section uh, section of screens here, um, and the conversation continues. You know, Madeline says, like, hey, I don't need your help. Um, and you get through this obstacle course where these tentacle horrors are dashing toward you. So this is where you use the knowledge that you gained by controlling them, uh, to get around these particular monsters.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and they introduce these uh, these little coin markers, and um, these have been introduced before. Yeah, uh, but they show up a lot here, where you have to hit a certain number of them to open the door forward. Mm-hmm. Um, this kind of gives you a route through a level, and um, they act as coins, basically. Again, Mario DNA,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, but you have to do them all to yeah. move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, once you've done this, once you get through the section, uh, Madeline has a bit of a breakdown, like very scared. She's very uh, she does not like that all of this comes from within her. She feels very very guilty that Theo is trapped in here because of her. Right. Um, and you find Theo is like personal hell such a, where, where he's in a big crystal and the walls have eyes that track towards him because being a social media darling is truly <laughs> yeah. the hardest thing you can do.
0: Um, the price of fame, baby. Yep.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you talk to Theo here a little bit and you get, uh, or once you get to him, mm-hmm. um, there and like, he basically calls you out. He's like, Hey, some of this stuff was on me too. Yeah. You know, like I'm also bringing stuff to evil. Evil magical, temple. yeah.
0: Like this, this crystal You're... that I'm in—that's me. That's not you. So, you know, stop beating yourself up about it, day, But also, stop making it all about you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also help me.
0: Yes, that that that, that would be a good start. Is uh, is to help yeah. me uh, to reach him? You have to do this uh, really cool. Uh, I think it's kind of cool uh, area where you are trying to clear a path for one of those big red bubbles to you know to go horizontally across multiple screens. Um, mm-hmm. That's cool and, and intricate. Mm-hmm. But eventually, you do get around to theo uh you cannot uh break the crystal um you know yourself, so you have to pick him up and carry him as you escape out of the temple um you know yeah. using Theo as a throwable item,
1: yeah, yep, uh which I like mm-hmm. like uh you know this this is this is a nice little bit you
0: just like throwing um, Theo off of cliffs,
1: oh yeah okay <laughs> yeah. like I, I don't think you, you can
0: know. throw through Theo
1: off cliffs. No, but you can try to leave him behind. Yeah, just so he knows. <laughs> um, the uh, so uh, you get to the end. This huge eye causes this crystal to shatter, and you have Madeline carries this unconscious Theo out of the temple. Right, so this is kind of the the climax of Theo's arc. Right uh, here, he's dealt with the pains of being an Instagram star.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and you wake. He wakes up around the campfire with Madeline, and you have a branching conversation. uh for the first time and this is nice like i think this is a section where like the story works for me this feels like good dialogue and i like the people Mm -hmm. in it
0: yeah theo definitely comes across i mean so this is the first time he's really vulnerable as opposed to uh just kind of being goofy like whoa that's a wacky situation my followers will love that no like you ask him like hey like why are you really here and he talks about like oh yeah i got this dream job but i burned out you know the pressure was too much i felt like an imposter So, you know, that ended, and I decided to come up here, you know, to where my grandpa climbed the mountain to clear my head, right? Mm -hmm.
2: It's
0: like, oh, yeah, like, that's relatable. I I understand that. Good.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yep, yep. Um, Theo mentions that uh, Madeline reminds him of his sister, Mm -hmm. uh, Alex, um, who is a civil rights lawyer. Um, There's a clever little bit. If you name your character Alex, Uh uh, because you do get to name Madeline, uh, then his sister will be named Madeline. Oh, huh. Neat. Um, and uh, Theo asks, like, you know, why are you climbing the mountain? You know, uh, and the, uh, you know, says like, like she says, I'm going crazy. You know, I can't stop thinking about all this crap that doesn't matter. I'm good at keeping up appearances, but the truth is, I'm barely holding it together. Yeah. You know, uh, I, co- you, know, she copes by drinking and getting mad at people on the internet. Yeah.
0: Uh, Not great. Not healthy. Yep. But what is healthy is yep. her unburdening herself, you know, sharing this and putting into words with Theo, you mm-hmm. know, and Theo even asked like, hey, you know, what does depression feel like? And Madeline says, oh, it's like I'm at the bottom of an ocean and I can't see in any direction and I'm, you know, just swimming to try and get to get normal because I remember, you know, what normal feels like, but I can never reach it.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, which is like, I've I've heard that before. Yep. From people this this is where like the articul the our depression is most articulated. Yeah. And this you know, i nobody's saying this is not a, a valid way to feel a depression. It's mm-hmm. never what it's felt like to me. Yes. You know, so this is part of me not relating to this. Like I don't you know yeah. I've suffered from depression for a very long time. It never feels like I'm at a bottom of the ocean trying to get normal. It's more like I just feel mm-hmm. you know, like every cell in my body is 20 pounds heavier than it should be. And I just yeah. feel like garbage. Yeah. It's not like, I don't know. Like it's, it's more like, you know, you and I have both described it as like emotional weather before. Yeah. Uh, and that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Like, Oh, it's raining inside today. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: Yeah. Same, you know, and uh, you know, the, like this, this does not necessarily track with my own experience as well. And I think that's just a matter of, you know, like any of these depression, anxiety, People may have the same diagnosis, but it's not a monolith. You know, like there, yeah, there are you know, clinical symptoms, but your own personal metaphor, you know, the mechanics that you work out to describe the way that this affects you and the way that it feels, uh, that is all going to vary, and you know, that is you know, like another 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 thing here with where like battling doesn't necessarily work for me. Because I have also never categorized my anxiety, my panic, you know, any of the bad feelings that Badalin could, could characterize. I have never personified them. I've never said like, ooh, this is dark coal and dark coal is sabotaging, is, is sabotaging good, you know, good coal or regular yeah. coal. Yeah. Again, I know that's a thing that people do because again, we, we all have our own kind of metaphors for this, but it's part mm-hmm. of why this doesn't land. And it's kind of unfair, right? Because like I want to say, you know, this does not necessarily look land for me. Whereas the descriptions of you know any number, any number of you know mental illnesses along the anxiety and dissociative um, kind of axis, any number of those was better described in Night of the Woods. But Night of the Woods has much more text to get this across, too. Yeah. So you know, it, it feels it feels not great to hold to hold that portrayal against this one. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a weird thing where I feel I feel personally like my kind of experience with this stuff is not often represented in media. Right. You know, like there there are very few examples I can think of where I'm like, this rings really true to how I feel. Mm hmm. Um, it just does not happen very often. Yeah. And I don't think it's because I'm like a special unique snowflake or anything. I think it's just because yeah. you know, everybody it, everybody's different. Yeah. And also you know, like it
0: necessarily it, needs to be portrayed as a dramatic conflict here because yes. it is being told through a video game. Right. It,
1: it it's it's something in the end that you do overcome because it's mm-hmm. a narrative arc. Yes. Like, you know, the message of this game is not like, Oh, Madeline's all better no. or anything like that. But it is the story of her coming to terms with it. Yeah you know, in a way that also does not ring particularly true to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, it's something that like, for me, it feels like it comes upon me randomly and this is something to endure for a time. Mm-hmm. And then, then it kind of lifts, Yeah, you know, and it's like, great. And then, you know, it comes back. Like, it's not something where there's anything I feel like I can do mm-hmm. or any quest I could go on or any action or anything that would mm-hmm. help. Right. Uh, you know, it's not been my experience when, uh, in the Slack, uh, I was joking around um, about the idea of this having like a dark souls community where people would make fun of me for having depression wrong <laughs> uh, here. Yeah. Like I just need to get, but you know, get mad, you know? <laughs> like, you know? Oh, and just like, yo, yo, Hey, cuck, like call me back when cart life makes you sit down in the shower. like, <laughs> You know, Oh, you, you got, you got sad about gone home. That's a baby <laughs> depression game. <laughs> yeah, you know? like,
0: yeah. The, the the converse of that. We are jo- we are joking. We're joking about how that how we don't want that done to us. It is not our intention to do that to anybody else. Who Oh, not at you know, all. Like
1: <laughs> yeah. you know, ton, tons of people like part of my re- relation to media in general, especially media about important emotional things mm-hmm. is that for me to resonate, they have to be subtler than this is. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I was talking to Will about it. So like when I talk about the milkshake of things that this doesn't work for me with. Uh, it's too cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Massacore platformer. It contains Theo. <laughs> uh, it is, uh, and it is a really unsubtle message. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I care about subtlety in, in messages. Yeah, You know, like it is like go to, um, you know, Hypnospace Outlaw. You know, which we just recorded, which is a game that I think has a lot of heart, but it's a subtle heart. Like, it's a mm-hmm. subtle affection for weirdos. I was talking about this with Will, who is a, a big fan of this game, but did not connect with the emotional messaging. He just loves massacre platformers. Yeah. And he cited the TV tropes, that TV tropes keep coming up, uh, you know, some anvils need to be dropped. Which yes. I had never heard of before, but the yeah. idea is that, like, you know, sometimes you just don't you know, have a subtle message. You just say the thing. Mm-hmm. And I never resonate with that. Like, I never yeah. want someone just to say the thing, yeah. like really direct lyrics mm-hmm. don't work for me. Really direct media doesn't work for me. Like yeah. I don't like it. Uh, and that's part of this too. Like characters just straight up saying what the things are just falls flat for me. But some people really needed that. Like some people, and then, you know, again, not, not der- der- being divisive about that at all. Some mm-hmm. people, Like, hey, just something, a game just saying this was unique and awesome. Yeah. And I needed to hear it.
0: Uh huh. Well, I mean, and also, like, they may have felt something like this. They may think, like, oh shit, this thing that I have has a name. And, like, not, not everybody is at the point in their depression journey that we are not that we're especially far along, but like there are probably in people...
1: depressionists. Yeah.
0: Like, you know, like, yeah. just like, you know, it, it is a, it is a different, is a different path for everybody. Not everybody has, has the language or has the metaphor, You know, and might not have a name to put to this thing. So, like, I don't know if, you know, it like the A, so something can be not for us, but also B, like, if this helped even one person get help, that's a fucking beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's (laughs) awesome. Like, I would never, I would never take that away. It's just a weird thing when you experience something that you should be in the pocket for. Right, right. You know, like it, this is a way better piece of media. But I remember I had like an ex-girlfriend who bought me Ready Ready Player One, Yeah, yep. the book. And it was the same kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like superficially, this is about stuff that I, I care about. Right. But the actual details of it ended up making me not relate to it. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is what, a thousand times better as a piece of media. Like I'm not comparing it in that respect. <laughs> Just in things, if you were to reduce a person to a list of things that they like and are. Yeah, this hits a lot of my signifiers the same way that does. While yeah. still me, I feel nothing. Yeah, you know, for these characters or this journey. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like I, I wanted to cry. Yes, you know, yeah, like I, I, I want that that yeah. feeling.
0: I came into this, I, I, you know, came came into this wanting, you know, again wanting to experience that catharsis that people had, yeah. uh, you know, people had told me was here. But
1: yeah, other other people. I've had so yeah. definitely, you know, definitely get it. Um, mm-hmm. You start talking to Theo about battle, and and Theo says maybe this is a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you can learn to control that. Right. Um, so this inspires you. Um, you know, you fall asleep and you wake up uh, in this kind of glowing, happy area of the mountain. You know, the aurora borealis is here. Like this is very like celestial and beautiful. At this time of day. They, in this <laughs> part of the mountain. Yeah. In this haunted mountain. In this dream. Um, uh, and you can't. And this see introduces. It. Yeah, you can. You, you can yeah, yes, you can. Uh, this introduces uh, feathers, which is yeah. a, another kind of physics changing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, these allow you to fly as a ball of energy. Um, they have a very specific kind of like turning radius and momentum mm-hmm. to them. Um, and there's a lot of like chaining feather to feather that reminded me of those pea balloons in a Super Mario world.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't tell you how many times I steered one of these right
1: into a wall. Oh, that's all I did with them. Yeah. Like, I find these very difficult to control. I don't really like these very much. Right. Um, I like that it's the anxiety feather, and uh-huh. now it's a power-up. Yep. Like, I like that integration, but mm-hmm. I don't actually like how it feels to move them.
0: Yes. So. Uh, but you do some brief platforming. You know, you are rising up until you eventually leave the mountain behind. You know, you take a dash up into the sky, um, and you call Battle in over, um, and you circle each other in the air. And Madeline, you know, is like, hey, we we need to talk. I think I know what you are. Um, and Madeline biffs it. <laughs> she says, okay, you're everything that I need to leave behind. Um, she thinks mm-hmm. that what needs to happen is, the, you know, I, I need to set you free. You know, like, yeah, this, you'll like... Be,
1: this will be better for both of us. You'll be happier and I'll be happier.
0: And Madeline hates this. She doesn't want to be left behind. Remember, this is the fearful part. This is the clinging part. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is everything that Madeline is afraid of.
1: Um, so, uh, she gets really mad. Her anger breaks through the dream into the real world. The way they show this is her climbing out of the text box, mm-hmm. um, there, uh, to the, the real world where Madeline's sleeping and throws Madeline down in this grotto below the mountain. Right. So you see her falling for what feels like miles d- d-
0: down like the, she's... down the world map. Like when you've seen her little yep. icon going up from stage to stage, now you are back to square negative one.
1: Hmm. Yep. Uh, you know, in a, you know, you thought you were close, but you were not close. Right. Uh, this is not it chief.
2: <laughs> um,
1: so there, there's water down here. Um, this introduces some kind of light swimming and these angry blocks, which I like, mm-hmm. um, they have frowny faces on them. Um, if you hit them, they charge in that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can use that to kind of climb on them Yeah. and uh, use them to, to maneuver.
0: They've got a really good, uh, momentum curve on them as well. Um, mm-hmm. when they get started going, it's fun to, uh, fun to time them in a uh, concert with each other. Um, feathers make a reappearance here. Again, it gets mm-hmm. a little bit more, you're not in wide open space. You're going to be doing some navigation around particular things, including these bumpers. They're like pinball bumpers that fling you outward, which is basically they, mm-hmm. they send you out along the normal, uh, and then they, uh, turn electric. So you cannot use them again.
1: I found these hard to use. Yes. Uh, personally, um, did not love them. It reminded me a lot of like jumping on shells and like harder Mario maker levels I've played Yeah, where you have to like really control where you land on it because it's going to determine your exit trajectory.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, you eventually, you know, you get through this, you meet granny and Madeline kind of explains what's happening. And granny says like, you need to figure out why battle So scared. Right. Have you, yeah. you know, uh, Celeste <laughs> mountain is this place of here of healing. The first step to healing is confronting the problem. Right. again,
0: You know, a pretty one-on-one level message about recognizing issues within you. Um, You got to give it a name, you know, the first step of a 12-step program, et cetera. Um, And so as you proceed onward past where Granny kind of gave you this little pep talk, you encroach into an area that is kind of full of Badalyn's anger tentacles. These things that have, you know, previously been used as graphical elements to show the world, like, closing in on you, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. dark, darkness encroaching from the edges. They're here. Um, and you show up and talk to her again saying like, Hey, w- okay. I screwed up before I need you. We need to climb the mountain together.
1: Um, and battle starts running away. Right. Um, and this is, this is the part this felt excessive to me. Mm-hmm. Um, this is through a series of like extremely tough boss screens mm-hmm. where you have to reach battle Right. Um, through these hazards. At a certain point, this went on long enough that I felt like it was being procedurally generated and <laughs> it was like a Cecil thing and I was meant to die or go backwards or something to solve the puzzle. Oh, yeah. This goes on for a very long time <laughs> uh, to me. And again, like, you know, everyone's gonna have a different balance for this, but this is kind of where the game mechanically lost me. Yeah. Um, I was just like, man, I'm done. I'm sick of doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's a lot of screens
0: yeah it's definitely a lot. It worked for me, but I, at this point, I basically stopped feeling any death that I experienced so, mm. okay well, here we go again um but yeah like it's it's tough, not just because you have to navigate these really tough you know rooms, but also because Madeline is firing lasers and stuff at you, like she yeah. acts like a boss, you know, and certain parts of this feel kind of schmuppy,
1: yeah, yep girl boss <laughs> um. <laughs> When you eventually do get her, um, you know, Madeline, like, she's now kind of given up. Like you, right. you have know, chased her into submission here. Like she's resigned to being left behind, but you actually give her a hug, right? Um, and say like, you know, it's actually it's okay to be scared. This gives you superpowers. Um, Madeline goes Super Saiyan, gets this kind of glowing pink hair, and now you can do two air dashes. Um, in terms of like what doesn't work for me in the metaphor. It doesn't feel as tight to me mm-hmm. and I'm not, not canceling Celeste, but I was very surprised, like getting the two air dashes because you've come to terms with something in yourself. Yeah. Makes sense to me. But I think that the externalizing your depression and making it a creature in this, uh, made this feel a little hinky to me that it actually gives you boosts. <laughs> right. You know? And I was like, cause we had a really big discourse around Hellblade and the idea of having depression being a superpower. Mm hmm. And in this game, it literally is it. Your depression helps you reach higher platforms by tossing you up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this feels like it escaped like a discourse bullet.
2: Yeah, to me, kind of by uh, being
0: charming that. and by being a darling, otherwise.
1: Yeah, you know, it's yeah. Just inter- And being a better game, yeah. probably than Hellblade. Like, I don't know that critics would want to admit that that's influencing whether they, you know, call out something for being problematic. But I would not be surprised. Like, people are just having more fun with it mm-hmm. and didn't when didn't stop to think about. Yeah. Like that. But it's like, if you just got the double dash because you've, you know, that's a cool integration. Like mm-hmm. I've self-actualized a little bit. Like I have realized I am part of a whole mm-hmm. and now I, I can dash once for each part of myself. Like that makes sense to me, but then <laughs> right. they have her do the boosts, And I was like, that's a, like mild hinky, not a big deal. <laughs> You're right. But right. I just, I was, you know, it, eh. it,
0: it's, it's one of those things where the ambiguity, ambiguity about what the doppelganger actually is, like, you know, simultaneously works for and against it, right? Um, Because, I don't know, like, most of the reads that I see about this is that Battle in is the depression, right? Is the anxiety. The actual game puts a little bit of nuance on that and kind of does, you know, just makes it so that it is not exactly as straightforward. But, like, any read where you have special abilities because you are... Because you have this condition and the unspoken part of that is, isn't it great?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, like it, it's, it feels real good Yeah, to get this. And it should feel good to, like, deal with your, your... Or, like, work through a depression or come to accept Yeah, a part of you. Like, this is a part of me. Um, That, that makes sense to me mm-hmm. as a thing. It's just this weird thing where, like, externalizing it just made it feel a little weird to me. Yeah. You know? Uh, like, you. Uh, I... Uh, and
0: also like it it kinda it doesn't it doesn't put in the note of realism where like, hey, this is going to be a process and it is going to be hard. Like this is treated as a triumph that is permanent. And I know that it, goes yeah. away a little bit when you go back to the uh when you go back for the finale, right? The farewell or what have you, because you have to come to terms with stuff again. But like it doesn't say that like, oh yeah, this is this is a new, more beneficial status quo, but it is still something you're going to live with, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is, you know, that's something that like people have, I've seen that metaphor before for depression, that it's like, it's somebody who lives with you. Mm-hmm. you even if it's not externally personified, you have to treat it as like a condition Yeah. that just is, you know, and you, you imagine that makes sense to me. And I think that the DLC does a lot of work to say like, Hey, we're not trying to say it's easy. Like, yeah, you can, yeah. you can backslide and there are ways to not handle that and things that will knock you down again. Yeah, And I think that's good. You know, generally, as a message. It's just not quite as airtight as I think other people. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree that's as airtight as some people think it is. We get, to, uh, we get back up to ground level here, and uh, Madeline introduces uh, in Neutralitin, mm-hmm. uh, to Theo and Granny. <laughs> right. And they decide to give them out in one last try, so we have our kind of like level boss rush almost. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this is the idea of just kind of making our way back up with everything we've learned. The music is very positive mm-hmm. uh, here. This is the feeling, not of a victory lap, but of like positive final push. Yeah. You know, yeah. I guess.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's like there there's a strong like hey we got this kind of vibe to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um and like it's it, it feels good like having the two dashes, you know, make screens that would look impossible. Um, easy, you know, and Mm -hmm. that is empowering as somebody who plays games, right? Like, oh yeah. Like (laughs) I know intellectually, like the game has given me what I need, but like, wow, look at that. Like if I, you know, shared a screenshot of it, people would think, damn, how are you going to do that? Like, yes, I'm going to do it because I'm good at this. And the game gave me what I needed. Um, yeah. And also, like, you have all your old obstacles uh, appearing again, and they're not just, like, sticking just to their original biome. Like, there are mix-ups that you haven't seen before in the game. Um, it's good. I, I, I like mm-hmm. this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- I like this better than I like the last boss section. Yes. Yeah. Um, there are these little uh, vortexes we mentioned where battling gives you a boost. Mm-hmm. You hit these, and then she'll jump you up into the right direction. Um, And in between each biome, uh, Madeline and Madeline kind of fly upwards and have a little conversation about their situation, how they're learning to work together. Right.
0: You know, they even talk through things like Madeline says, like, hey, why are you such a dick to live in the hotel ghost? yeah you know, just remember like him that. <laughs> it's Weird that that was in the same game right yeah i know what was up with that
1: yeah. so madeline and Madeline bond over how strange it is that we spent a chapter on mr oshiro um in this really short game yeah you
0: know? yeah um so like you get to the golden ridge area this is where i found it to be really tough because we got the wind going again uh, it gets really strong it goes vertically as well mm-hmm. um it just changes the jumps Quite a bit, and kind of takes away all the benefit that I would have gotten from the double dash. So that's a bit of a yeah, bummer. Yeah.
1: yeah. People when they interpret this, they're like, "Oh, the mountain is now cheering for you and helping you." And I'm like, going to be way harder." Yeah, <laughs> uh, to for me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, you reach the summit. Um, the winds there. Uh, these checkpoints appear, and you have to do the you know the kind of final platforming mm-hmm. challenge to reach this flag on the summit. Um, and you have this conversation, Madeline's like, I'm afraid I'm going to stop existing after you leave and you're going to stop listening to me. You're just going to backslide. Yeah. You know, like you're going to go back to the way things are. Cause that's a real thing mm-hmm. that happens after you make some progress. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a real thing.
0: Yeah. The, uh, the forgotten um, epiphany. Well,
1: yep. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Madeline says, no, 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 I will not forget the epiphany. Um, you go back to granny's cabin down at the bottom and you have a farewell meal where you make a pie out of all the strawberries you found and mine was just crossed basically i have like <laughs> seven strawberries um i started i was re- when i started getting cranky at this game like during the uh the chapter with the thwomps, i started uh-huh. resenting strawberries even ones i could easily get oh yeah i was like fuck you i don't want your optional <laughs> stuff like i had my eyes on the prize yeah. uh, pretty intently yeah i got uh, so about I, a bad pie.
0: I got like 30 of them but i think your deaths also also affect the uh also affect the, 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 quality, the quality of it. Yeah. This of mine I was like a tart and everybody was like, ah, you know, at least you tried. Yeah. Which, you know, Don't usual. you
1: understand what I'm going through? <laughs> <laughs> like the least the last thing you could you know, the least you could do is say something nice about my fucking pie. Yeah. <laughs> fucking jerks.
0: Oh like, man. <laughs> oh. Um, but that's the that's like the end of the base game. You know, like, mm-hmm. you, like it, it just—you uh, get a fun, fun little image of everybody having their party before they, before they part ways, having, uh, ha- having, you know, conquered what they needed to conquer, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the core is you coming back about a year later, uh, where Granny shows you the heart of the mountain. Um, this is the final challenge area. Uh, you have to collect strawberries and get those hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched some of this. This introduces uh, fire and ice, mm-hmm. theming. Uh, to it, I believe, or this, that's in the farewell. One of these bonus chapters there's a mechanic where like it's, you do things to switch between fire and ice mode mm-hmm. and obstacles act differently depending on whether you're in fire or ice mode. Okay. You know, and then, uh, the farewell, which we, we talked about, you know, this is uh, past the core granny dies. Um, and you reconcile with Badolin. Um, after Granny dies, you go into kind of a depression hole, you stop talking to Theo, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of the messaging here is that, like, you can get knocked off this horse, and the, you know, the proper thing is not to withdraw. Yes. When this happens to you. mm mm-hmm. um, But yeah, we, you know, did, did not play that. No. Um, yeah, and that's Celeste.
0: That is Celeste. Yeah. You know, a game that was still fun on my hands for the majority of it, you know? even if the broad strokes of the story that resonated for a lot of people didn't resonate for me for ways that I talked about before. You know, I just, I kind of look at it as something that I'm happy exists, uh, even if I did, mm-hmm. you know, kind of wish wish to feel it a little bit more deeply, you know?
1: Yeah. I think I would be in the same place you were if I was more into this type of game. Yeah. You know, uh, and, you know, when I read what people think about it, it's like, oh, it's the massive core platformer that wants you to to beat it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I just kept feeling like, uh, you know, again, ab- negative hundred percent derision for anyone who does feel this way. This is just how I was thinking about it mm-hmm. where I was like, I don't actually care what a game wants, <laughs> you know, like I, I just, I just had that sense. Like, I don't want a game to mock me, you know, I hate that stuff, but I, I do have a very strong feeling about art being neutral and letting me bring my stuff to it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it just pervades like how I deal with media, you yeah. like I'm a maximalist, like this is a join the Navy. <laughs> you know maximalist super game mm-hmm. in terms of its messaging and its encouragement and its positivity yeah and i i could not help but feel like a little like oh this is like hope punk you know or something like that like just a little like ugh, mm. feeling about it that you know just not for me-ness yeah you know glad i got through it i respect what it's doing i think it's very good mm-hmm. what it's doing i am not would not play a follow up. I'm not interested in playing any more games like this personally. Yeah, I understand wanting to. I'm glad mm-hmm. that people got emotional and mechanical benefit out of this, but yeah. I am glad to put it behind me. I, I did not have an, enough fun to justify yeah. my experience with that.
0: Like I'm happy for this team. Like you have to be. You know they have to be over the moon with how well this is this, this was received, right? So oh, yeah. there's a certain amount of like rooting for an, an underdog here. You know, it wasn't their first big success. People fucking love Towerfall, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but even still, like, yeah, this is the, the this is a a, a well made thing that you know found its audience and kind of became a part of a conversation. You know, like, just it's hard to see like a like a list of like must play games for like the Switch that doesn't have this on it. You know.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I do not want that. I would never take anything away from the dev- devs either. They should right. be incredibly proud. Yes. You know, like this is, it connected with tons of people, you know, it, it's, uh, yeah, it, it just, it, it touched a lot of hearts, Yeah. you know, and that's awesome. Like that is a hard thing to do with art. It's arguably the goal, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like the highest thing you can achieve, (laughs) you know, almost like with that. And that is, that is cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, it it is cool to see. I appreciate it. I just didn't like playing it that much. Yeah. And I felt a little confused by the messaging and metaphoring of it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm still looking for my game that is about my depression. Yeah. Or my piece of art, really, that is about my depression. I can find things that are about my anger.
0: Uh-huh. I, I can <laughs> <Yeah>. watch
1: Parasite. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, the scene where she says that the rain cleansed <laughs> the, the rain city. was a
0: blessing, yeah.
1: <laughs> where the rain was a blessing. There we go. That's uh-huh. everything I feel.
0: Yep. <laughs> uh,
1: but I can't find something that personifies my experience of depression. It'd be like me playing a normal video game, and then every once in a while, my hands are tied behind my back, and I can't play it. Uh-huh. You know? Turns into a rerun of The Simpsons partway through. Yeah, <laughs> you know? like it, yeah. it shuts off so I can go to sleep at eight p.m. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Yeah. You know. Um, but glad we did it. Same yep. I like, yeah, I really want to do more indie stuff, like more big indie stuff, as those lines continue to be blurred. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh,
0: so, thank you, Niyasa.
1: Yeah, thank you very much, and thanks for for listening. Um, if you have anything to say about uh, Hypnospace Outlaw Celeste or the Resident Evil Three remake. Hit us up by the 15th of mm-hmm. May. Um, the Resident Evil 3 remake is our next episode. Uh, that is going to be a premium episode. Mm-hmm. So the generalities will be in the first half. The rest of it will be the uh, the main body mm-hmm. of the episode. Um, so you want to be a patron to get that. It's $5 a month, but you get all of the back episodes of that. So we're going on you know, a year and a half or so, roughly, of uh, those premium episodes. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of really good stuff in there.
0: I think so, so
2: too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and, uh, you know, being a patron is also how you get the opportunity to put in, um, questions and prompts for the dispatch episodes. So that'll be Mm -hmm. coming the week after, uh, the resident evil, um, as we prepare for June's games, if you want to write in about June's games, uh, which are dream vol, the longest journey, uh, crash bandicoot two and Castlevania order of Ecclesia, uh, which is the premium episode for that month. The deadline for that is, uh, June the 15th.
1: Um, we do a host of things Mm -hmm. for patrons, like in a lot of ways, uh, me and Cole's business plan has been driven by making like the absolute crippling anxiety that someone will feel like they're not getting their money's worth, uh, when they, when they give us a dollar 25 per week, um, you know, just the absolute terror, the idea that somebody will feel ripped off. So, uh, you know, at that $5, you get whole other shows, like many other shows, Mm -hmm. Um, you get Unfilmable and uh, Bonfireside Chat. Um, you get access to Let's Plays mm-hmm. that we do on YouTube of various things. I just started up a uh, Let's Play of Augur of Darkness, which is a Dark Souls 2 mod, mm-hmm. um, and started playing uh, the Sinners mod for Dark Souls 3, things that eventually we'll probably talk about on that podcast. Yep. But if you want to actually see the first playthrough, you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we both did a randomizer run. And then there are also a host of other shows on the network Yeah, uh, you know that you should uh, check out.
0: Yeah. So there's plenty for you here.
1: Mm-hmm. We, uh, yeah, we're happy you're here. We understand it's rough times. We really appreciate people sticking with us. Um, if you cannot, you know, we understand that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we Like some Patreon exit surveys where people are uh, very apologetic. You do not need to be. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a rough time and mm-hmm. your job during this is to survive yes. and keep yourself safe and as many people safe as you can.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, if you're able to patronize us and you, you know, it helps you and it's giving you entertainment value, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is not a responsibility. So don't feel like. Yeah. If,
0: up. Yeah, if you need to take a break, if you need to discontinue it, uh, we will be happily waiting for you here when you are back, and we wish you all the luck in the world to getting back to a place where you where you feel secure enough to you know do something luxurious like uh, throwing a couple of bucks to you know these you know these weird dudes yeah. on the internet. Thank you.
1: Yeah, we re- really appreciate it. Yes. Um. Yeah. So uh, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And uh, until next time, what should they watch out for? Mm, I don't know.
0: I, I don't feel like being snarky about this. It's a really heartfelt game,
1: you know. Just, just, just,
0: just watch out. Just watch out for each other.
1: Yeah, watch out for each other, and then Theo. Mm-hmm.